0: Good evening, let's call to order the Planning Commission study session of 13 November at 6.01 p.m. The city strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides itself on the rich culture of rich diversity of our residents. We are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items before the meeting. During this meeting, remote participants will remain muted when not speaking. If remote participants have a question or comment, Please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time. Members of the public may participate in person, online or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in person or use the raise hand feature online to request to speak, which is star nine on the telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. Following this study session, the regular planning commission meeting will begin at 7 p.m. and we encourage the public to stay tuned and participate in the regular meeting. Recording officer, may we please have the roll call.
1: Chair Pine. Present. Vice Chair Iglesias. Present. Commissioner Howard. Commissioner Shukla. Present. Commissioner Davis. Present. Present. Commissioner Howe? Present. Commissioner Cerrone. Present we have six commissioners present and to my knowledge uh commissioner Howe's absence is not excused
0: all right thank you all right for tonight we have one item for the study session uh just so the participants and all who are present are aware how it will how it will work uh first uh we'll allow the city staff to provide a presentation Uh, then we'll give commissioners an opportunity to ask questions. And and then there'll be an opportunity for the applicant to give a presentation. There'll be another opportunity for the commissioners to ask questions, give guidance, and then we'll open it up to the public um, for comment and question from the public. So um, the item for this evening is 23-1021. It's a proposed project to consider an architectural modification to a previously approved hotel. The location is 1101 Elko drive and That is the applicant owner is State Cal Sunnyvale Uh, for environmental review. It's a class one categorical exemption, which relieves this project from the California Environmental Quality Act. And the project planner is Ms. Momo Ishijima. Is there a staff presentation?
2: Yes. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Momo Ishijima. I'm the project planner for this uh, project at 1101 Elko Drive. This is a preliminary review application. It's kind of unusual for us to bring this to um, a study session, Uh, but um, it is a hotel that is under construction and they are rebranding the hotel. And we wanted to get feedback from you tonight on the um, exterior changes to the hotel and um, to also seek um, guidance from you to be able to Move forward with the uh, changes with your input tonight um, at the staff level as a design review application rather than come back for a public hearing. So, the background, oh, if you can further the slide, please. the um the use permit was uh initially approved um in 2014 it was actually one of my earlier um applications when i joined sunnyvale planning <laughs> division it's a 51 room hotel and it also included a variance to allow a uh, 15 foot front setback the applicant's um have been persistent in trying to um, get the project uh, developed. And it is currently um, on its way to getting it completed. Initially, it was um, approved as a Holiday Inn Express. But um, tonight, they're seeking um, input to rebrand the hotel, and the applicant will go over the details with you. Uh, Since then, there have been a couple of uh, staff-level changes to materials and some of the finishes um, and window um, treatments. And so there was a a change in 2016 and then another change in 2021. Next slide, please. The project to orient you, this is an aerial view of the site. It's on the northeast corner of Elko Drive and Lawrence Station Road. So even though this is closer to um, Route 237, it's um, it's Lawrence Station Road there. Um, it's the same name, and uh, the hotel or the the outline of the building that you see um inside the yellow box is the hotel that's under construction right now. It's um Lawrence Expressway is to the left, and there's a large apartment complex um between the project site and Lawrence uh, Expressway Route Two Thirty Seven is to the north. You can see the interchange um, at the top left corner. If you can move to the next slide, please. This was the hotel that was approved um, by the Planning Commission in 2014. So it had this elevation. And uh, if you can move to the next slide, please. This. Um, was uh, the most recent revision that was approved. Some of the uh, finishes to the window treatments were modified, but basically there wasn't that much of a difference um, to the the design um, uh, of the hotel. And they were proceeding with this, but um, now they have submitted an application to um, further change the branding so if you can move on to the next slide, please. So they're going to be rebranding it into the Voco Hotel brand, which is a boutique hotel brand. Um, and these uh, geometric shapes are what they're proposing on the outside. Um, it will be painted on stucco and, um. The colors are much different from the Holiday and Express branding. I'm gonna leave um, all the details of these changes to the applicant and their architect who's here, both are present tonight. Uh, If you can move on to the next slide, please. These are the uh, elevations. So the top um, elevation is the elevation facing Elko. And um, if you can move on to the next slide, please. The, um, this is the, the the top elevation is the elevation that faces Lawrence Station Road. So the building's kind of in a U-shaped. And the uh, elevation to the bottom, I believe, is the elevation that you would see from the east side of um, kind of the interior of the U-shaped. Um, next slide, please. So again, we're asking for your feedback after the applicant's presentation on the design and materials change and also seeking approval to be able to take your input and have the applicant submit for a staff-level architectural review um, to be able to work with staff in moving forward with the approval of the changes to the um, rebranding of the hotel at staff level. So that concludes my um, presentation. The applicant and their architect, and I believe the artist, I think, if they're online, um,
3: Thank,
0: Thank you. you. Um, as a reminder to my colleagues, uh, please use the raise hand button to indicate that you wish to speak.
4: Chair Pine. Uh, just uh, just had one question. Uh, looking at the renderings, it looks like there's a lot, a significantly fewer number of windows on that one elevation now than in the previous and I was just curious was there a reduction in the total number of rooms that are that we're contemplating or is that going to stay the same and it's just redesigned or I didn't like when I was looking over the floor plans I didn't over the the plans we got I didn't maybe I just missed it because we got kind of the small Scale version of them, um, but I didn't see anything telling me how many no, just how many total rooms we're looking at. So
2: yeah, there are no changes to the number of rooms or the floor plans that were originally approved. Um, I think the the facade that faces Elko did have a lot more glazing, and um, those have been reduced. But it's not because there are rooms in that area that have no windows. So the applicant will probably be able to explain that a little bit more.
4: But. Okay, that's that was just my concern seeing that. So thank you, uh,
0: Commissioner Sarni, please.
5: Uh, thanks, Vice Chair. I just wanted to clarify. Uh, you're saying this is not coming back to the Planning Commission. That whatever feedback we verbally we provide tonight is will is guidance but we aren't taking a vote or anything.
2: That's correct. That's what we're requesting.
5: And, uh, if, uh, if our, I guess if our feedback is positive, the, uh, uh, are they, uh, uh would the applicants be constrained from, uh, you know, next week or a year from now, changing it to, a a, uh, you know motel Six or something. I'm just pulling it out of the air, but some other
6: um...
2: so if they were choosing to rebrand it to another brand or any major exterior changes, they would have to go through a similar process to um you know, get the approval modification to the use permit. And if staff feels that it needs to be at the public hearing, we would bring it to the public hearing.
0: Okay, thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Cerrone. Uh, Seeing no other commissioner hands at this point, uh, the vice chair has just one question. Um, Since normally within the the planning, within the study session, um, we give feedback and ask questions, we don't normally approve something. What is the procedure that we would convey at the end of this one way or the other?
2: So we're asking each of the commissioners to... um, State, um, you know, their opinions about the material changes and the design changes. And um, also, if they would like to see a change to the design that they're proposing, we would like to get feedback on that. And then we would be working with the applicant um, to see if they can uh, apply for a staff level application to incorporate the input that you're um you would be uh providing us tonight
0: okay thank you still seeing no other commissioner hands at this point uh we're going to move this to an applicant presentation uh the applicant is welcome you'll have 10 minutes to present to the planning commission um after you finish presenting if you could stay at the podium um, where the commissioners will then have an opportunity to ask questions um and even and then after that um we'll open up to the public where we can get some feedback from the public. And then depending on time, uh, we'll have, we might be able to revert back to you for another couple of minutes.
7: Good evening, commissioners. Uh, Thank you for your time. Can you hear me? Good evening, commissioners. Thank you. Thank you for your time.
4: The chair would invite... uh, Uh, My name is Heaton. I I would just advise making sure it's pointed towards where you're speaking. Is that better?
7: All right. Uh, I I represent Stacal Sunnyvale um, and uh, part of the development team that... Uh, looking forward to bringing Boca Hotel to the city of Sunnyvale. Uh, I'll get into about the brand a little bit, but I think um, I'll have to introduce Eric uh, Jacobson, who is the architect for the building. He could kind of go over the uh, architectural components as far as the questions about the glazing and the windows and the changes that that were incorporated.
8: Yeah, my name is Eric Jacobson. I, I am the architect. Um, I you did notice some things on the uh, perspective that uh, are missing a couple of windows. There are no changes in the windows. Uh, so the, the holes where there should have been a window, there really are windows there. If you look at the, um, the elevations that uh, uh, were part of your packet, you, you'll see the missing windows actually do show up. Uh, one of the changes in the, uh, the south facing elevation, uh, there was a lot of spandrel gr- glass that looked like window uh, that has been removed from the project that was removed, I think, uh, the, during an er- earlier iteration. Uh, it has now been given away to the uh, the canvas for the uh, for the mural. So I'll go ahead and let Heaton give you the uh, the overall uh, presentation of what Voco is all about, but I wanted to get back to you on Windows because uh, there was an error, and I apologize for that.
7: Thanks, Eric. Uh, Voco is a brand. It's a boutique-style brand, uh, a lifestyle brand uh, by IHG, Intercontinental Hotel Group. Uh, Same parent company uh, that also... um, uh, operates Holiday Inn Express. So we're, we're still staying within the parent company of International Hotel Group. Um, and as as we've been working on this project and especially uh, going through COVID, uh, in our initial development pipeline, this was supposed to be a little bit more of a corporate structured hotel. Um, times have changed a little bit. Uh, corporate travel is, is unique nowadays where it's not as it was prior to COVID. Um, and with our location and we felt like can we bring in a upper scale type of a hotel versus, um, our corporate standard holiday express, which is a straight, a great brand. Uh, but we felt like we could bring a little bit more of a character, uh, of a lifestyle hotel that resembles Sunnyville in a better position. Um, and Voco is an international brand. I kind of, will go through the slides. There's a lot of images. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time on Voco. Um, but it's, it's a little bit more of a fun uh, hotel for a different experience at each VOCO hotel. You're not going to get the same standard brand, standard items, uh, different breakfasts, different types of uh, uh, dinner options, uh, beverages. So it gives you a little bit of a different experience depending on location that you're visiting uh, with VOCO. Um, if we could jump over to Hotels Compete. The next Next slide. One more. So this is kind of a, a diagram of where Voco fits in. Um, some of you may know of these brands where tribute portfolio tapestry collections by Hilton JDV, uh, that's the concept that Voco competes with, um, on on a global level. Uh, so we felt converting of this hotel gets us a good position because there is a void of this type of a product in, um, in Sunnyvale and even the competing markets in the area, especially the location that we're at right now, it's pretty much your standard brands that are represented in uh, the nearby location. Um, And you can just just go through those. Some of the destinations, there's heritage, urban destinations, resorts and suites. Uh, You could go to the next slide. You could keep moving. I don't want to, these are, I, I could share the, soft copy of this um with the design philosophy we did hire a designer who incorporated a full interior design package which we're still working on um flexible guest room lighting premium sleep experience upscale food and beverage offerings high quality shower experiences and obviously tech friendly being in silicon valley um we could go to the next slide as well I just want to get to this slide with Sunnyvale comparison this is uh as you said it's a global brand on performance uh it, it does perform fairly well being a distinctive hotel uh with rate as well as occupancy being 51 rooms we we feel like occupancy is not a challenge for us but we do want to make sure we're, we're delivering exceptional product um that we can we can deliver uh some of the components that a standard brand like holiday express wouldn't allow us is to implement a golf simulator for our guests to be able to utilize uh, on their visit so with this brand we have a little bit more flexibility to put something like that in for an experience go to next this is a case study i won't get too deep into between the brands uh if you could go to the next i think it's page right here So, about conversion so isg did a study uh on this specific hotel they haven't uh, opened a voco in uh the west coast yet this will be the first voco hotel to open um and so they did uh, about a six-month study to p- position this brand because they are backing this brand pretty pretty um, heavily as wanting it to be a very successful uh, pilot for them. And the market sets up very well for us just because of a of a destination market that we're in with Sunnyvale. Um, larger market supports a lifestyle hotel product and a higher-rated business than a select service brand. Uh, Holiday Express would be considered as a select service this would be considered as an upper scale service uh, hotel. Um, so, we felt obviously the costs are, are elevated to bring this product, but we felt that this is a better fit for the future, especially the new uh, dynamics that we're in with travel, and um, in, in especially international travel. People are looking for a, a unique experience as a travel across globally. Uh, this is just a little bit more about this would be the first Voco IHG. Um, there's a Crown Plaza in Palo Alto. So IHG is another strong brand. And you could go through the other brands that are nearby. Uh, and I think that should sum up Voco. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions on the brand itself. Thank you. Um <laughs>
0: As a reminder, my colleagues, please use your raise hand button to indicate that you wish to speak. Commissioner Shukla.
9: Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, So I have a few questions about it. That, um, um, so it's like the, the colors you chose are based on your brand identity? Or you are going to like, this will be initial first step and then maybe you can use these colors for further branding just curious about that
7: yeah great question uh this this color scheme was created by our interior designer as well as IHG brand on on selecting a palette of colors that's going to also tie into the interior design so this was kind of what the direction is they have a set foco guides us to a select direction of colored palettes, palettes and this is the direction they felt that would be the best fit for this building
9: uh, so I thought that we had a one set where you had um, a win- frame at the bottom of the window and the colors were different. Is that like one of the options? Because these are the cutouts in the buildings. So and then all your colors don't go all the way. So they are like all the windows. So just curious that did you plan before to had add some extra uh, baseboard? under the window or something
7: we we did that we eliminated that i think there were some uh, eyebrows above the windows on the original holiday Inn express uh, design we eliminated that to just have a clean facade with the geometrical patterns being the focal point of the building um so we did eliminate the eyebrows off off the windows
9: i'm going to ask another question I'm uh, not sure. it's the same it's related to the same question line um because the colors um uh, weather, weather will impact. I mean, even though they are color-proof, but they will change. And what I was, um, you know, I mean, like, um, uh, it's more like, um, how do I say that? It's just my opinion. I have not, uh, no, you can decide. But it's like mural project, which we do in our city. And it's like a very modern mural project. So I feel that, um, I wish that you can, like, uh, have a, um, I mean, you have that curve on the both sides of the building and it's like not emphasized. You have a beautiful side, that building's curve is not there in that geometric pattern. Um, It's like breaking that curve and it just, instead of, but that is just my opinion. You, um, So those are the questions. And then I wish that the colors can go, like even like little lines all the way because you see half of the building without the color, but that's me that like, if there are some extra lines go i mean just like explode or something but this is just my opinion and i would wait to hear what my uh my colleague my colleague says thank, thank you. you
7: thank you
0: thank you commissioner shukla next we have commissioner Cerrone. Uh
5: thank you vice chair uh so uh, yeah i have a few questions uh as well um uh this uh so, uh, for one thing the uh, uh, I understand you're um, uh, presenting this as an upscale or an upgrade from the uh, previous design, but uh, um, the uh, the uh, like the pictures you showed of other voco hotels, first of all uh, they had the name Voco on them and this does not it's an ardez hotel uh and uh and the pictures you know are very attractive they show uh a lot of uh, big windows light coming in different shaped windows or whatever uh this uh uh design is uh is not like that at all it's uh um, and admittedly i'm you know not a fan of brutalist, uh, architecture, but, uh, um, you know, to my untrained eye, that seems like what, uh, what we have here, this could be without the paint. It could certainly be a more industrial, uh, sort of, uh, even a military building or something. So, um, it, it just, it doesn't, uh, uh, to me from the outside, it doesn't communicate that sort of, uh, Uh, upscale hotel look and uh again with the small windows and uh you know when we like there's a project we'll look at later and there's always we always talk about breaking up the facade and having different materials and uh different levels and things this doesn't have any of that um so uh um uh maybe i'm uh Maybe I'm missing something. Can can you comment on the uh, the name of the hotel? Why do, why not call it a Voco Hotel if that's the brand
7: here? Yeah, it, it the Voco allows you to create a brand identity of of your own hotel, so it'll still be known as as Art Hotel a Voco Aichi Hotel. So Voco will still always be a part of the name, even on our. Our websites or, or channeling of branding and marketing. Uh, but they do let you create a independent name of your hotel.
5: Um, um, has, uh, has staff seen some additional information that would, uh, you know, address the amenities and the, the level of luxury of the hotel or, uh,
2: I just want to say i I'm not sure if uh, Heaton and, and Eric, you got a chance to complete your presentation because um, I know that you talked about the vocal brand, and I thought maybe you intended Eric to actually go into the details of the um the changes to the hotel so i'm 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 really sorry. I don't think they were completely done with their presentation,
0: okay. All right, uh thank you so, since you are being asked a question, you do have a chance if you would like it to be presented and pit and shown right now since it's in discussion
8: yeah, I prefer that What you see now in front of you is part of the packet that was submitted. uh it starts off with the site plan, and literally there is absolutely no change in the site from the uh, the holiday inn the building's built, the site is already developed. Uh, so going beyond that, it goes to the second floor. There are some changes in the second floor and those have a, uh, a red cloud around them. And so these are the only real changes that are occurring on, on the second floor, but it is the public, uh, uh, spaces. And so, uh, we're opening, uh, that up a little bit, uh, so that there is a, uh, little wine and, uh, beer bar in the, uh, the back, uh, that, uh has changed location. It presents itself to people coming in a little bit better than that, than it used to. Uh, we've expanded the, uh, the uh, workout space so that uh, the exercise is is taken over. We don't have a uh, guest laundry anymore. Uh, we have a, uh, a uh, golf simulator is uh, in place of the, uh, the previous uh, uh conference room that we we had uh, across uh, on the uh in that auto court c right about in the middle of it so there are some very very minor changes on on the second floor i did not show you the third floor but there are some minor changes to the guest rooms themselves the layout is identical to what it was it's actually some of the finishes and we don't have a barn door separating the uh, uh the sleeping room from the uh the little entry anymore it's uh, but uh it, it's primarily cosmetic in nature i don't know that uh, you would see it but uh, um, there, there are changes on the third fourth and fifth floor and then and the next slide is the uh, the elevations as done by the uh, the artist and i believe the uh, the artist is is on the phone so okay but uh this this is uh the, what they had come up with uh, my approach was to clean a uh, a canvas so that the mural could go on um so comments on, on uh, the geometric shapes and the uh, uh the Alps kind of uh, uh or trail is really their concept. And so uh, I, I really can't speak much to it, but here you do see the uh, all the windows in place, uh, even the ones that did not show up on that uh, perspective. And again, I, I apologize for that. But what you see here is the, uh, the concave uh, wall structure facing uh, Elko and then the um, interior uh, court area. And then the next slide, is uh, the uh, facade facing uh, Lawrence Station, and again, all the windows are in place. And then the uh, the interior court. I guess I'm sorry. The previous slide had showed the uh, uh, the north facing uh, facade. So that is the extent of, of the changes for all purposes but uh, uh my instructions were to to clean off the uh the mural canvas and so that's what I what
0: I did thank you very much for that uh and commissioner Sarani, before we move on to the next commissioner did you have any additional follow-up questions for that all right thank you
2: are
0: these, are these to talk to? Okay. let me get um next we have chair pine
4: uh thank you uh i had a couple of questions uh first of all to follow up on commissioner stroney's question are is there going to be signage somewhere on the property indicating indicating that it's a Voco, indicating that's owned by ihg and if so where would that be because i am not seeing it anywhere in these renderings
8: yeah i i do show a sign that uh is a pedestrian scale sign and it does not show up in, in the artist she did show up in mind, but that's not what got included. Um, but there is a small sign uh, as you walk in the front door. That is the uh, that golden uh,
4: Boko uh, logo that they've got. Okay. Uh, so, uh, would this be visible to like people? Would there be appropriate signage for people, for people driving? Because uh, well, and I'll get to I'll get to what I mean by appropriate in a moment because one of the classic frustrations I know I've had when I'm visiting a new hotel for the first time is I can't find is I'm driving past it and I can't find it because the signage isn't clear. So, like, would it be clear that the ho- this is the hotel that people have booked, and I'm I know that when I'm not going to pull up my IHG app, but and- <laughs> poke at things from the dais but like if it says like Ardez and they see Ardez that's fine but if they see like Voco and then they need to be you need to be able to see Voco at while you're driving past like that I just from a wayfinding perspective
7: yeah IHG will will have it named exactly to what our signage is gonna show so it'll be Ardez a Voco hotel um and that's how it'll that the, the booking will convey the same name
4: as well okay uh yeah i'm i am personally skeptical about all of the brands that i hear it's ihg it's not just ihg it's all the major hotel groups kind of spit out i know there are some fun combo points bonuses you can pull off with a couple of them i know i know world of hyatt gives gives you like a points bonus if you stay at one of each of their collections things that i know i'm personally skeptical of it but i'm not i'm not a marketing guy i i'll trust your market research and saying that it's more that's more attractive uh before i keep going i see hands popping up from both the artist and uh miss ishijima did either of you have comments
2: i I just wanted to prompt the um applicants i believe you brought some material samples that this would be the right time to um share it with the planning commissioners thank you all right thank you
4: as the as somebody as the person that mentioned at our previous study session that yay more that there should totally be more material samples that show up at the study session i appreciate it uh uh that was uh a comment regarding the name Ardez uh it said in the in our packet that uh this was supposed that it referred to it as the Ardez Mountains I'm did a little re- I did a little research on, on my mountaineering app and I found that Ardez was a village in Switzerland, but I wasn't sure that it, but I think it was, I, I think that's just the name of the village. Am I correct on that? There is a name uh, of the village of Ardez in Switzerland. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. It's just because I was trying to find a mountain range, like with that name and I I I got nothing. So, uh, so my last question actually, and this may go to, This may be a market research question, but uh, I was just kind of curious why there's a golf simulator there, just because if you want to go golfing in Sunnyvale, you're not really missing for options to just go outside and golf. So I was just curious. I'm I'm not a golfer, so I'm just curious. Is there really that much interest in people that just want to simulate golf indoors rather than going outside and doing the real thing?
7: Yeah, it's 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 something that we've done some research and it's been an amenity that guests enjoy, whether it just be for entertainment purpose um, as they're uh, visiting a hotel. But I I agree. We have great weather to go play golf outside, Um, but it's more of an entertainment arcade experience. Okay,
4: thank you. That's all I had for now.
0: Thank you, Chair. Uh, Before I move on. Commissioner Shukla had a question about the art. We have the artist on the line with hand raised. Uh, go ahead, um, Mohammed El Shafi, if you'd like to unmute, um, you're welcome to communicate.
6: Hello, everyone. Um, can you hear me okay? Yep. I yes, apologize. we am on. I'm on central time, so um, um, my name is Mohammed. I am the um, uh, person who worked on the geometrical shapes and the colors that you see uh, on the elevation I've been attending since the beginning. Um, I just wanna notate that the the geometrical shapes and the colors that you see, the colors are like, um, the owner mentioned, it's extracted out of the scheme and the color package that you will expect to see inside of the hotel. So we have like mainline color schemes. So it was extracted to the outside. Why the shapes are the way they are? like someone has done the research and they've seen the um, Ardes village with the, uh, with the mountains behind it, you will notice that it's basically, we're looking at V-shaped uh, rooftops of houses and also V-shaped uh, mountains right behind it. So it's basically like also someone said, brutalist architecture. It's, it's some sort of an abstraction for that scene that is applied throughout the, 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 um, the exterior of the hotel. In regards to uh, being an upscale or a luxury, sometimes the term is used for basically a boutique and a unique properties. It's not really about um, being extremely luxurious as it's a, as a, a Waldorf Astoria or a full service Hilton or Marriott. It's more of the, I would say, the gimmicky features and the uniqueness that comes with the property the background, the story, the interior design, the exterior design goes all the way down to the little shampoo bottles that you see in the room. And that's why it becomes more of a a distinctive or an an upscale or a unique um, property. Lastly, I think we got a comment about, you know, the brutalist architecture and the examples that were shown. By using the shapes and the forms in the paint format, one,
0: Uh, okay. Are you still there, Mohammed? We I think we lost you. Mohammed, oh, we can't hear you. Okay.
6: Sorry, where the where the where did you lose me? So I don't brutalism. Brutalism, got it. Um, by by uh, by reflecting the scheme that was done by the interior designer and in IHG, which is going to be reflected on the interior in the guest room. And the guest experience on the outside the way it is I know that sometimes it can it could come in a little bit hard but on the other hand when it's done in paint it's not in a very hard to change material it will it will stay in place and reflect the interior throughout the life of the of the interior design and by the way in, in hospitality we do have a turnaround rate where the 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 hotel's interior design goes through changes on the 7, 10, 12, 14 years. So by doing it in paint, we do have the the option to keep up with the inside on the outside as well. Um, I think that summarizes all the comments that I heard so far.
0: Thank you. Uh, Next, we have Commissioner Howe.
10: Thank you. Uh, just a three three different things, actually. First, uh, to ask the vice chair, and hopefully there's no objection from any of the commissioners to change Daniel Howard's from a not excused absence to present. That's fine. There you go. A question of staff. It has to do with um, what is the line between a staff um decision and one that goes to the planning commission because in my opinion going from a holiday to this is a major change so would you explain to me what happens at staff level and what happens at the planning commission level i thought i knew at one time but maybe it's moved
2: well um i think the process would be similar in that we would take the um, input that we receive from the planning commission tonight Work with the applicant for them to submit an application for architectural review at staff level, or if you if it goes back to public hearing, we would um, request that it be submitted as a modification to the use permit, and um, the the decision making would then be a difference between staff level versus um, bringing it back to the planning commission for your vote.
10: And who would make that decision?
2: Uh, Well, we were requesting um, that your agreement in being able to take your uh, input tonight and work with the applicant to do a staff-level approval.
10: So you're basically asking the Planning Commission to change it to a staff-level decision? That's correct, yeah. Good enough. My comment: I don't really care for the design, but it doesn't harm the community, and I'd be happy to have staff do the um, decision. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Howe. Next, we have Commissioner Howard.
11: Thank you, Vice Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Howe, for uh, fixing the record. Um, a quick question: because uh, I don't remember if this is, I may be mixing up with another project. Is the 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 circly trellis? thing is that intended to be a green wall or is that just an artistic feature
8: that was a green wall and it's intended to stay that way
11: okay cool that that would be interesting to see how that evolves um i would say that i i think the design is nice because you're taking something that's fairly bland and inoffensive and adding a pop of color and adding a little bit of uh a little visual interest to in the neighborhood and i think anytime that sunnyvale can be a little bit more interesting we're not you know we're suburbia we're not the most exciting place in the world it's a great place to live so adding a little pop of color a little little bit of like what's going on there it's like brutalism with funny color whatever the interpretation is um you know if, if i was an art critic i might say oh well it maybe it's not as coherent as it could be because you got the circles here and you got the but i i don't care it's it's interesting and I'll just add, um, not, necessarily, not, not necessarily specific to this, you know, the exterior, um, I know you guys are doing your market research and figuring things out. My anecdote earlier in this year, I was, I was doing travel for business and I had a fairly nice time, but the big frustration was finding a place to eat. And if you're trying to incorporate upscale dining into a nice hotel experience, there are dining options in the neighborhood, but there's, you know. If you want hot pot, you know, or, or if you want a particular taco, tr- you know, the, those options exist. But if you want to just like kind of like you're traveling, you don't really want to go out at the end of the day. You just want comfort food. You just you want to have a nice time. That that seems like something that business travelers could appreciate. So uh, but I, I think staff is is perfectly capable uh, of taking care of this matter without bringing it too high attention. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Howard. Next, we have Commissioner Davis. Uh, Thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, Thank you,
12: staff, for the presentation and so on. Um, Just a couple of points about feedback. Um, I've been wondering what this building was going to be for a long time as uh, I drive by it for fencing practice for my kid. Um, And I've noticed that there's a little curve um, on the structure, which just made me even more curious as to what it was going to be. The pictures seem to de-emphasize they obscure it a little bit, uh the curve uh, and, and so on. Um, I, I do travel a fair amount for a number of reasons, and uh, these types of hotel buildings are kind of endemic along the freeways and so on, but without the curve and and whatnot. um so I'm a, it makes me a little bit averse because. Um, I've seen a lot of hotels that are very run down with very similar structures, right? So it makes me slightly averse to, to see one coming into Sunnyvale. Um, I do like the idea of, uh, of a more upscale brand, uh, in Sunnyvale, I think, um, think we we're becoming an upscale town i guess so that's so that works for me uh one comment on the art is that um on the side where it only covers half the building it just feels kind of half done to me um it seems like yeah it just doesn't it it almost feels like did you run out of money or um and, and didn't finish it or something like that um it's not a very large property, um, but I—I'm uh, not your business manager here, so I'll trust you on on all of that. And this has been going on for nine years, so I think it's in the biggest interest of the city to uh, get this done. Um, I have, That's all my feedback. I don't really have any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Davis. Next, we have
4: Chair Pine. I—I uh, I would just note that there you, are uh, before I go, I have a brief question. But before I do, if you have something, go first.
0: Um, so, Vice Chair has a couple comments. First, that you will you will not be able to present art here that this commission could possibly agree upon, all of us. So, um, I personally think it looks good. I think it it's edgy. I think it's uh, different. I think it gives a polarizing effect, which tells you it's not bland. So, it has personality. You either like it or you don't. But that that has a, a little bit of life and edge to it. Um, I take solace in knowing also that it's an IHG brand. So I don't think it's going to fall into disrepair. I do think that that connection is something that is in the interest of the city. Um, Other than that, I'm excited um, to have that hotel put there. And I do think that it's going to be very helpful to have that restaurant on site because as Commissioner Howard alluded in that space, it's actually very limited for dining options. It's not like if you're downtown, you can walk out. It's just simply, it's not like that there. And then also, so you're where Golf is about a half mile away. So there, you will be competing with Top Golf. That those are all my comments.
6: Yes,
4: thank you. Uh, just one quick question to staff uh, regarding the you uh, mentioned regarding proceeding at staff level. Was this just at pure sta- at just pure staff level without any kind of public noticing or hearing, or was this anticipated as like a zoning administrator item?
2: Uh, It would be purely staff level architectural review without notice.
4: Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm fine with that. I just wanted to get clarification on that. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. At
0: this point, I'm seeing no hands from my fellow commissioners. Um, I'll go ahead and open to public comment on this specific item. Members of the public wishing to address the planning commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer or use the raise hand button now or dial star nine on the telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I will call on members of the public participating in person first. Then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone. When it is their turn to address the planning commission speakers will have three minutes to speak. The timer will will be displayed on the screen. Uh, Recording officer. Do we have any uh, speaker cards?
1: We do not. Vice Chair.
0: So no in person uh, speakers Um, recording officer. Do we have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item? We do not. All right. Thank you. Um, At this time I will go ahead and close the public comment. Um, And now it's, It's not maybe conventional for the Planning Commission during a study session, but to be transparent and be very consistent and fair, um, I'd like to open up conversation amongst the Planning Commissioners, if anyone has, um, so we can give direction uh, per the staff's request on whether or not this is something that we're comfortable having be directed at staff level or if we want to come back to Planning Commission. So it's open uh, to fellow Planning Commissioners. Uh, Please use the raise hand feature if you have something. Uh, Commissioner Howard. Staff level. Commissioner Davis?
12: I I agree. Staff level. um, And as the artist said, it's with the paint, um, it can be changed later. So staff level for me.
0: Thank you. Commissioner Howe? Staff. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shukla? Staff level. Commissioner Pine? Uh, Chair Pine? I'm fine with staff level. All right. And then uh, Commissioner Cerrone?
5: Yeah, I'm uh, comfortable with the staff looking at this. I mean, the uh, and I, I don't have any complaint about the nature of the, the paint itself. And, and in fact, I think any any sort of uh, artwork on uh, the, the building is improves it. So um, uh, I just I hope staff is, uh, you know, looking at it. Um, uh, uh, if if this is supposed to be a uh, you know a boutique hotel with some amenities, then I hope they're validating that as they go along. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm I'm happy with it if,
0: if it is a very nice hotel inside, then I'm comfortable with that as well. Thank you, Commissioner Stoney. All right. Um... So for the staff, it's unanimous uh, that the commissioners are supportive of it being handled at the staff level. Uh, Thank you so much for all those who participated. As a reminder, um, we're going to be having the Planning Commission start in eight minutes at seven o'clock. However, now at 6.52, I'm adjourning the study session.
4: Good evening. Let's call to order the Planning Commission meeting of Monday, November 13th, 2023 at 7 o'clock p.m. City of Sunnyvale strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides us on the rich diversity of our residents. We are committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. Before we get started, I'd like to remind participants of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants will remain muted when not speaking. If remote participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon to speak one at a time, and a random order voice vote will be administered by the recording officer for each vote. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the recording officer in person or use the raise hand feature online to request to speak. That is star 9 if you're on a telephone. Location and teleconference meeting details are available on the agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. Comments and matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time I call the item for oral communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time I close the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments no more than three minutes, and timeliness will be strictly enforced. Guidelines are posted on the City website and on the meeting agenda. Please join me in the salute to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible,
0: with liberty and justice for all.
4: Recording officer, may we please have the roll call?
1: Commissioner Cerrone? Present. Commissioner Howard?
4: Here this time.
1: Vice Chair Iglesias? Present. Commissioner Davis?
0: Present. (coughs) Present, excuse me.
1: Commissioner Shukla? Present. Commissioner Howe? Present. Chair Pine? Present. We have seven commissioners present.
4: Thank you. Uh, So that brings us to oral communications. Members of the public will now have an opportunity to address the planning commission on topics that are not listed on tonight's agenda. This section is limited to 15 minutes and may be extended or continued after the public hearings general business section of the agenda. Individuals are limited to one appearance with a maximum of up to three minutes per speaker. As a reminder to the public, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer, raise your digital hand now or dial star nine on a telephone if you wish to address the planning commission under oral communications. I will call on members of the public participating in person first. Then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone. it is their turn to address the planning commission? Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have one speaker card and it is a uh, uh, J- J- uh Monjivar. I'm probably horribly botched the botched pronunciation. Yep. Uh, please come to the microphone.
13: County Commission, my name is Jay Anthony. I'm a field rep for Local 405, Carpenters Union in Santa Clara County. This development has the potential to be more than just bricks and mortar. It can be a beacon of responsibility, business practices, and community engagement. We believe in partnering with a contractor that upholds the values we hold dear. Paying a livable wage, this is not just about construction buildings. It's about constructing lives. Ensuring those who dedicate their, their time and skill to this project can sustain themselves and their families. Healthcare is not just a perk, it's a fundamental right. We urge the, com- the commission to consider a contractor willing to provide competitive healthcare coverage, acknowledgement that a, a healthy workforce is a productive one. A responsible contractor looks beyond profits, recognizing that interconnections of a worker's well being and the success of the project. The Sonora Core project offers an opportunity to set a standard demonstrating that responsible business practices are not merely a choice, but a necessity. By choosing a contractor committed to fair wages and healthcare, we are not only investing in the project, but it's also in the prosperity and resilience of our community. In the eye of the union carpenters, this isn't just about construction. It's about collaborating. It's about creating a space where not only buildings rise, but where the livelihoods of workers and their families are uplifted. Let this project be a testament to Sunnyvale's commitment to to responsible development, setting an example to others to follow. Thank you for your time and consideration. We look forward to witnessing a project that not only builds structures, but builds a stronger, healthier and more equitable community for us all thank you
4: thank you and and i'll just flag that this is technically for non-agenda comments and not and that was related to agenda item two but since we're about to do agenda item two i figured i'd just let you finish
13: thank you appreciate it sir uh
4: i have no other in-person speaker cards uh do we have uh do we have any else present wishing to speak under all communications seeing none uh recording officer do we have any remote participants wishing to speak under all communications
1: not at this time chair
4: thank you uh, in that case i will, will go ahead and close all communications and proceed to the consent calendar uh, I will go ahead and open public comment on consent calendar items. Members of the public wishing to address the planning commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on a telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. I will call upon members of the public participating in person first, and the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone. When it is their turn to address the planning commission, we'll have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. Uh, I have no in-person speaker cards. Uh, I don't see anyone jumping up wanting to speak on a consent calendar item. So, recording officer, do I have any remote participants wishing to speak on this item?
1: We do not, Chair.
4: Thank you. Uh, I will close public comment, uh, and I will now ask for motion for my colleague, Commissioner Davis.
12: I move to approve the consent calendar.
4: Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Howard?
10: Well, I didn't have my hand on.
4: Is it? No, Howard. Commissioner Howard. I'm sorry. But, uh, Chair recognizes Commissioner Howard. Thank you. Uh,
11: I, I I second the motion, and I just wanted to stay for the record. It's agenda item 1B is the 2024 Planning Commission Annual Work Plan, and 1, 1C, for anybody who's paid attention, is the wireless permit at 1070 Stewart Drive, request for continuous food data uncertain.
4: Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, and before we take the vote, I just wanted to quickly clarify with staff that uh there's a bunch of stuff on the work plan that is related to stuff that's in the housing element i know we are about sixty thirty 30 days into the 60-day review period does staff have anything does is staff confident that we remain on schedule for all of the things relating to the housing element in the work plan
14: chair pine trudy ryan community development director happy to answer that question we don't know for certain, um, but we do have a meeting scheduled for later this week to get informal feedback on the on the review. Um so I would be more confident in telling you if this were next week. Um, but we, we felt pretty good about the submittal.
4: Okay. Thank you. Just just figured I'd use this as an excuse to check in. Uh uh with that, uh city staff, uh our recording officer, could we please have a roll call vote on the consent calendar?
1: Commissioner Howe. I abstain commissioner howard yes chair pine yes vice chair iglesias yes commissioner cerrone yes commissioner shukla yes commissioner davis yes the motion passes with six yeses and one abstention from commissioner howe
4: thank you uh that brings us to our uh public hearing item which is uh file number uh two three dash zero nine three nine uh which is a a proposed project at one one five well okay this is going to be this is going to be a little complicated so just bear with me as i read this uh 1154 Sonora Court site. Proposed project-related applications on a 1.88-acre site, a special development permit to demolish the existing 33,055-square-foot, one-story industrial building and construct a seven-story mixed-use building with 173 apartments, 142,270 square feet of office and R&D space, and two levels of below-grade parking, and a vesting tentative parcel map to allow creation of five commercial condoms in the office and R&D space. At 1170 Sonora Court, proposed project- Project related applications on a 1.09 acre site, a special development permit to about demolish the existing 14,902 square foot one story industrial building and in construct a seven story mixed use building with 107 apartments, 79,211 square feet of office RD space, 377 square feet of retail space, and two levels of below grade parking, and a vesting of parcel map to allow creation of six commercial condominiums in the office and R&D space at both the 1154 and 1170 sites, a development agreement, which would be a recommendation for the introduction of an ordinance, approving and adopting a development agreement between the city of Sunnyvale and SKS partners. Both sites are zoned MXD, uh, Flexible Mixed Use One, Sonora Court, the applicant owner is ex- has partners uh, and no environmental review requ- uh, with environmental review, not required per certain CEQA guidelines. Uh, Before we get to the staff presentation, uh, I would like to disclose that I uh, met with the applicants this past week and had a conversation regarding this project. Uh, Commissioner Shukla. Um,
9: I also want to um, disclose that I, um, I was contacted by the applicant and I heard the presentation, had a Zoom meeting for like 30 minutes. Thanks.
4: Thank you, Commissioner Davis.
12: Uh, I likewise met with the applicant for half an hour just to go over the presentation.
4: Thank you. Uh, is there a staff presentation?
15: Yeah. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Asta Vashish. I'm project planner for both these applications that are for 1154 and 1170 Sonora Code, and we do have a presentation. Um, so both these sites, they are owned by the same property owner, and they will be developed by the same developer who's also the applicant here, SKS Partners. Before we proceed to the presentation, I would like to make some corrections to the staff report. So uh, staff report page two, under the staff recommendation, uh, it's the second bullet point. It should be approved the special development permits and vesting tentative parcel maps. Um, Moving on to the next correction. So, it would be on page 12 of 18 of the staff report. So, I would like to correct here the number of uh, spaces. So, uh, the last paragraph, in compliance with the city's reach code requirement for multi family and office development, the proposed parking plan for 1154 site includes 119 spaces with electric vehicle ready circuits instead of 167. Um, And 48 spaces, that will be the same with electric vehicle charging station. For 1170 site, there will be 23 EV capable, 72 spaces with RC and 23 spaces with EVCS. Um, And moving on to the next correction, um, it would be on the page 14 of 18 under public improvements, second line, It should be, um, uh, we should omit out street trees. So street trees are not proposed as part of the project. Um, And then uh, finally, it should be um, on the page 17 of 18. So alternative to... it should be and approve the special development permits and vesting tentative parcel maps. Again, for um, alternative six, it should be denied the special development permits and vesting tentative parcel maps. Um, Staff recommendation on the same page, the second uh, alternative, it should again say and approve the special development permits and vesting tentative parcel maps. Finally, on page, um, 18 which is the last page the second line uh, we should omit out and H-A-A so it is this project is not subject to housing accountability act because um, less than two third of the space is residential so we should omit that out uh, moving on to attachment three page two uh, we should correct the date the hearing date for planning commission so under the third paragraph it should be um, November 13th instead of November 28th. Um, So now moving on to the presentation so we can go to the next slide please. So these two sites, these are located in Lawrence Station area plan. It's located north of Caltrain Station. So both of these are in close proximity to Lawrence Caltrain Station. These two lots, they are non-contiguous and they are separated by the parcel at 1162 uh, Sonora, Sonora Code. And... Um, both these uh, projects, these sites, they currently are developed with one-story industrial building and surface parking area, which will be demolished as part of the redevelopment proposal. And the proposed redevelopment includes uh, seven-story mixed-use buildings with two level of below-grade parking. Between the two sites, there will be 280 rental residential units proposed and the office R&D space would be close to 220,000 square feet. Additionally, for the site at 1170, there would be a 400 square feet, nearly a 400 square feet retail space that's proposed. Now for the proposed redevelopment, these projects, they require a special development permit. There's also a vesting tentative parcel map that's required and that's because they are creating commercial condominiums. So for 1154 there are five commercial condos proposed and for 1170 there are six that are proposed. Uh, Since this project is an LSAP and the proposed FAR um, for office and RD is over 35%. it requires a development uh, agreement. Now typically uh, STP investing tentative parcel map can be um, can be approved by Planning commission. but in this case because there's a development agreement that's involved and that would require adoption of an ordinance which is in attachment um, three. So um, this project will require a city council approval. Now, both these pro- uh, projects, they are subject to state density bonus law. Now state density bonus law incentivizes projects that have at least 10% affordable housing. In this case, um. In total there will be 46 below market rate units and for 1154 there would be 24% of the base units would be affordable and for 1170 25% of the base housing units will be affordable. Uh, The project also qualifies for Assembly Bill 2097. Assembly Bill 2097 prohibits requiring minimum parking for are commercial and housing projects that are within half a mile radius of a major transit stop. Because of the close proximity of both these sites to Caltrain station, the project qualifies for that and therefore they are not subject to minimum LSAP parking requirements. Next, please. A little bit more background about the site. The general plan designation is transit mixed use and that designation is typically for properties that are in close proximity to transit station. Uh, The specific plan, as we discussed before, it's in Lawrence Station area plan. So generally, the Lawrence Station area plan includes um, area that's within half a mile distance of Caltrain Station. And this plan, the overarching goal for this plan is to have a diverse mix of uses and to encourage transit usage and neighborhood service usage within the area plan. Now, this plan was adopted back in 2016, and then in 2021, there was an update which was adopted, and the update identified additional housing opportunities within the area plan, and it also expanded the boundaries. Uh, This project site specifically is zoned Flexible Mixed Use 1, and this is within Sonora Court um, neighborhood. Now, this designation is, it it encourages, again, a mix of diverse uses and because of close proximity to Caltrain Station, it encourages high intensity uses. So the base allowed residential density for this zoning district is 54 dwelling units per acre. Additionally, LSAP has a development incentive program that allows the applicant to have additional housing density by achieving incentive points for this particular zoning district they can achieve up to additional 26 dwelling units per acre for 1154 site they are achieving seven incentive points by proposing below grade parking and for 1170 they are achieving 11 incentive points by uh, ach- achieving combination of um, by having a combination of below grade parking street furniture and bike repair station Additionally, as we discussed before, they are subject to state density bonus law, which allows them additional 50% residential density. So overall, the proposed density for 1154 is 92 dwelling units per acre, and that for 1170 is 98 dwelling units per acre. Next, please. So, as mentioned before, this project requires a development agreement because the proposed office RD FAR is over 35%. Now, LSAP has a maximum office RD FAR of 150%. Uh, and the projects they exceed that. So they're requesting additional FAR over the maximum limit, and that's through the incentive utilizing state density bonus law. Uh, in this case, the development agreement will be essentially a contract between City of Sunnyville and SKS partners, and it outlines the benefits for both city and uh, developer. Uh, development agreement is essentially a tool that allows for these benefits, which typically may not be possible for regular land use approvals. Uh, Now the benefits to the city in this case would be uh, the BMR units, a total of 46 BMR units will be proposed. In addition to the incentives we discussed in the last slide, uh, there would be additional LSAP incentives that are valued to be close to $32,000. Additionally, this project will provide a very critical pedestrian connection between Sonora Court and Caltrain Station and also it proposes improvements to Lawrence Caltrain Station property. The uh, the developer will also contribute close to $1.2 million in community benefit funds. And the city will be appointed as point of sales for project construction that generates sales tax revenue. Next slide, please. The benefits to developer would be additional office density bonus over 35%. In this case, it's over 150% because they're utilizing the incentive. This would also allow the developer to have additional time to exercise these permits. So typically these permits are valid for two years, but in this case, it would be for 10 years with a possibility of two one-year extensions. There would be also no change to impact fee. So any new impact fee that's adopted by the city won't be, uh, uh, the developer won't be subject to that, except those built in escalators. Next, please. So I missed one point. So yeah, so this project it will be going to city council hearing on November twenty eighth, and the city council will be looking at adoption of the ordinance for the development agreement. Now looking at the site context, um, as uh, discussed before, this is located north of Caltrain tracks and Caltrain station, and it's located west side of Lawrence Expressway. Excuse me, please and. Since the adoption of uh, LSAP and also the LSAP update in 2021, there have been uh, proposals for redevelopment of the sites in the specific plan area. Most recently, our Planning Commission approved the redevelopment of the site at 1150-1170 with 225 units. And back in 2021, there was approval for redevelopment of the site at 1178 Sonora with 176 affordable units. now, looking at this neighborhood in general, um, so Sonora Court is just north of that. And it uh, it's typically consists of rectilinear rectangular lots, and uh, which are developed with one-story industrial buildings that were constructed back in the 1970s. Uh, the average lot size uh, within the neighborhood is 1.2 acre. And the key, really, feature of this site are the mature redwood and cedar trees that help in creating a distinctive character along the street. And LSAP emphasizes on preservation and protection of the trees and including them as part of the redevelopment proposals. Now, these two sites, as we can see, these are non-contiguous. They are separated by the parcel at 1162. The larger of the two-site is close to 1.9 acres in size, and it will be developed with 173 units and close to 142,000 square feet of office and R&D space. 1170 is the smaller of the two-site. This is the one that's located directly north of Lawrence-Caltrain Station, and that will have a new pedestrian connection. Uh, this site will be redeveloped with uh, 107 units with close to 79,000 square feet of office area. Next, please. So looking at the site layout, um, so site layout for both the sites is is pretty similar. Um, the vehicle access uh, would be through the driveway, which would be along the western side of the property. It would be a 26 feet wide driveway, and will it will provide access to the below grade parking ramps that are leading to the below grade parking levels. And it will also provide access to service areas that are located along the western side of the building. Um, the project also provides and both the projects provide offsite improvements, including new curb gutters, new sidewalks, six feet wide sidewalk with four feet wide parking strip. There would be seating uh, decks, uh, new lighting uh, that's proposed um, as part of both these projects. Uh, additionally, this site also has an emergency vehicle access that's along the eastern side and that terminates into uh A common usable open space along the southeast side of the property. Now, the pedestrian connection would be a pedestrian approach is through these separate residential and office lobbies that open into recessed entry court, and these are directly oriented towards Sonora Court. There's also a walkway that help would help in providing a direct connection between Sonora Court and these entrance uh, lobbies. Now, uh, in terms of the site layout, the office is uh, office area would be proposed within first, second, and third floor level. Uh, there will be a total of 173 residential units here that comprises of studios, one bedrooms, and two bedrooms. That would be from fourth to seventh floor level, and the area roughly is between 500 square feet to 1,100 square feet. On the fourth floor level, there will be two usable open spaces for the residents and there would also be amenities for the residents, including pool and clubhouse. On each of the residential stories, there would be uh, trash chutes that will lead into trash rooms and building management uh, would be responsible for staging the trash for the pickup along the west side of the property and it will be completely screened from view. There's also an office trash room on the first floor level. Um, now, as we discussed before the project, it does not require parking, but the applicants are proposing parking at on two below grade levels. A Lawrence Station Area Plan avoids overbuilding parking and it also encourages use of different parking strategies, including structured parking, sharing parking between uses, and also unbundling parking. Now, the applicants, they have provided a parking study, which was conducted by Walker Consultant for both the buildings that estimated the peak parking demand. Um, And these parking spaces, they will be shared between residential and office users. And they will also propose valet service that will be in operation 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. during the weekdays. Now, based on the parking study, the peak parking demand for this building is estimated to be 346 spaces where 352 spaces will be provided. Uh, The project will also be subject to reach code and they'll provide the required number of uh, EV charging station and EV ready spaces. Uh, Both these sites, they also have they have a CMU wall along the South property line, which is next to the Caltrain station. It would be eight feet tall CMU wall along that side and uh, along the side properties would be eight feet tall aluminum grated fences. Next please. Similarly, there's, um, the, other, the smaller of the two sites, which is 1.1 acre in size, it has a similar layout where the driveways along the western side and provides access to below grade parking and service areas. There's also entrance lobbies separate for office and residential users that open into um, a recessed entry code. Now, one of the key features of this site, a critical feature, is uh, the proposed pedestrian connection. And this pedestrian connection will be publicly accessible. There would be a public access easement, and it will provide a connection between Sonora Court and Caltrain Station. Um, This walkway, it will be bordered by, uh, by office use on the first floor level with angled walls and glazing. And it will terminate into a retail space along the southeast corner of the site. Um, At the end of the walkway would also be a security gate, which will be managed by the building management, and it will remain open during Caltrain operation hours. The applicants have also been working with the property owners for Lawrence Caltrain Station Site that uh, the property owners are Peninsula Corridor Joint Powers Board, and the acronym for that is JPB. So they've been working with JPB to uh, work on the proposed improvements on the Caltrain site. And these include accessibility upgrades, relocation of the storage lockers, and raised crosswalks. JPB has provided us with a formal letter expressing the support and appreciation for the improvements. And the applicant will continue to work with them at the building permit stage to get the required permits. Next, please. Oh, sorry. Let's. Let's go back. I forgot to talk about the layout. So, similar to the other site, uh, the office uh, area would be on the first, second, and third floor level. The residential uh, units that are 107 in this case would be a mix of studios, one and two bedrooms, and they'll be between 500 square feet to 1,000 square feet in area. So they would be uh, from fourth floor level to seventh floor level. Fourth floor level also has a shared um, usable open space for the residents that's oriented towards Sonora Court. And similar to the other project, each of the residential stories will have trash chutes that will lead to the trash Uh, room and the building management will be responsible for staging that along the western uh, side of the property Um, yeah so uh, and for the parking um, the study was also conducted for this building by walker consultant and they estimated the peak parking uh, demand to be 207 spaces where 207 spaces will be proposed within the building And these again will be subject to the reach code requirement and provide the required number of EV charging stations and EV ready spaces. Thank you, next please. As mentioned before, a very critical uh, asset for this neighborhood are the mature redwood and cedar trees. And the applicants have worked on preserving all of these trees except for removal of one cedar tree each on, um, on each of the site. And this was required to accommodate the driveway approach and pedestrian connection. And this was based on the recommendation by city's traffic division. Next, please. Now looking at the architecture style, um, the proposed architecture style for both the buildings is similar. It can be categorized as contemporary with a combination of rectilinear forms and application of high quality material and simple details. Both the buildings, they have well-articulated building facades and they have well-defined and distinctive building base, middle and top. In this uh, slide, we are looking at the facade for the larger of the two-side 1154. We are looking at the front facade and closer to the western side of the property. Here we can see that the building base is well-defined with a combination of brick veneer and glazing. And the glazing will have appropriate birth-safe treatment in accordance with the city's birth-safe design guidelines. The building middle um, is uh, defined with, um, it, is, it is articulated with a mix of fiber cement panels, glazing, balconies, and wall plane changes, um, which sort of create these vertical modules that help in breaking the larger facade into visually smaller sections. Uh, Now, for the building top, the uppermost floor has been set back and it's treated, it will be finished with a darker color random pattern siding that helps in reducing the apparent visual mass of the upper floor. Uh, There will also be a roof overhang and the soffit will be finished with composite wood that will uh, again help in defining uh, the building top. Next, please. Now, one of the key feature of this particular design is uh, the seven-story brick vineyard clad tower. This is located along the um, northeast side of the property, and it is a key design focal point for this project, uh, for this particular site, and it will have angled walls. Next, please. Here's another elevation looking uh, at the Sonora Court. Here we can see the entrance lobbies that directly open into the entry courts. We can also see they're oriented towards Sonora Court. We can also see that above the third floor level, the building sort of divides into two separate towers that are interconnected with exterior corridors on each of the stories. Next, please. And here we can see like the overall view, uh, specifically from Caltrain tracks. We can see the usable open area for the residents, the pool, the amenities on the fourth floor level. We can also see that this building has like sort of 360 degree architecture where each of the facade has sort of similar level of details and articulation. Uh, Next please. Now the smaller of the two sites, 1170. Again, uh, it has similar application of material and distinctive building base, middle and top. Here the building base again is defined by a combination of brick veneer and glazing. Uh, The building middle will have a combination of wall offsets, glazing and um, uh, dark gray, sorry, uh, this uh, siding, uh, tan painted lap cement siding um, uh, with the balconies. And the topmost floor again here is recessed. It's treated with a darker shade to reduce the apparent visual mass. And uh, the building top will have roof overhang with uh, soffit finished with composite wood. Um, Next please. Here we can see the closer look at the pedestrian connection Uh, that would be along the Eastern side of the property. Now this pedestrian connection will be bordered by uh, the angled walls and office space. Here we can also see the retail space, which is designed to be visually distinctive through a use of um, accent colors, glazing, and recess, wall recesses, and angled walls. And this retail space is envisioned to energize uh, the station area and serve the transit users. Next, please. Here is another view that's looking through the western side of the property, uh, and one of the key features for this particular building are the angled walls and balconies along the side elevation. Here we can also see the um, the service areas along the western side, the driveway approach. We can also see that above the third floor level, the building sort of divides into two separate towers, and again, these are connected with exterior corridors on each story. Next, please. Finally, this is. Um, So finally, this is the view. This is looking from the Caltrain Station. The key feature here is uh, the open corridor that are on the residential story, fourth floor to seventh floor. Uh, these will be painted green in color. They'll have stucco finish and they'll have decorated, decorative perforated metal screen that will help in adding visual interest. So overall, uh, the proposed architecture for both the buildings, uh, you know, they are well-designed and they are generally in conformance with the Lawrence Station area plan. And the projects will help in um, improving the existing streetscape and bring area improvements. Uh, we'll also talk specifically about some of the LCEP guidelines in the next few slides. Thank you. Next, please. So as mentioned before, the project, it utilizes state density bonus. Um, it qualifies for unlimited number of waivers and up to three incentives. Now, waivers are uh, from the development standards that prevent them from building uh, the allowed number of units. So in this case, three waivers are requested. The first waiver is from the 15-feet landscaping frontage requirement. Now, per our zoning code, this frontage is measured from inside the public sidewalk. However, because of the unique site conditions here, because of the presence of mature redwood and cedar trees next to the street Uh, the public sidewalk is close to 25 feet setback from the face of the curb so in this case the landscape strip is four feet uh, as measured from inside the public sidewalk to the building next they are also requesting waiver from um, 150 feet maximum distance between trash enclosures and individual units uh, this requirement is not met by 21% of units for 1154 and 26% of units for 1170. The project also does not meet the minimum landscape requirement for both the sites. Uh, besides waiver, they qualify for up to three incentives and incentives are based more on the cost reduction. Um, initially, the applicants, they requested three incentives, including an incentives for incentive for from the development agreement requirement uh, for extension of the validity of the permits. Uh, Subsequent to their request, city and the developer collaborated on the DA, and those two incentives are no longer required. Um, The incentive they're requesting is is for the uh, additional office FAR beyond 150%, uh, so it's additional 23% for 115 for an additional 17% for 1170. The applicant states that having additional office area will make the project more financially feasible. So overall, we find the requested waivers and incentives to be reasonable because of the unique site conditions and also the provisions of state density bonus law. Next, please. So this project is subject to Lawrence Station Area Plan design guidelines. Um, it meets a majority of the design guidelines, but it does not strictly confirm with four of the objective Lawrence Station Area Plan design guidelines, including um, 15 feet by 5 feet vertical building modulation requirement on each facade, um, 10% reduction in the floor plate size above 75 feet, and specifically for 1154 site, it does not meet the requirement for 15 feet by 15 feet horizontal building modulation every 175 linear feet of the building facade. For 1170 site, the retail space height is 14 feet, which does not conform with the 18 feet requirement per the guideline. So although the project does not confirm, like strictly confirm with all these four guidelines, it is well aligned with the intent of these guidelines. As we looked at the design before, uh, both the projects, they have these vertical and horizontal modulations that are achieved through material application, wall plane changes, angled walls, wall offsets, um, that meets the intent of having vertical and horizontal modulation. Um, Additionally, the upper story is set back and treated with a darker a color material that helps in reducing the apparent visual mass of the upper floor that meets the intent of having reduced floor plate sizes. And finally, as we looked at, the retail space has been designed to be visually distinctive. So it again meets the intent of having a taller retail space. So overall, we find the requested deviations from uh, these four um, objective standards to be reasonable. Um, Next, please. So in conclusion, this project, it furthers the general plan and Lawrence Station area plan goals and policies by providing high density residential and office uses uh, in close proximity to the Caltrain station. Uh, The pedestrian connection will be critical for the area and it furthers the overarching goal for Lawrence Station area plan to encourage transit usage and also to improve connectivity within the area plan. The project includes community benefits through incentive program and also through uh, development agreement that will uh, generate financial benefits for the city and uh, and will also result in improvements to the area. Overall the building is well designed. It is uh, in conformance with the Lawrence Station Area Plan development vision. Uh, the project is well within the provisions of state density bonus law. and. Um, The city also hired a third-party environmental consultant to prepare environmental checklists, and based on the study, there were no new significant environmental impacts that were identified by the projects, and both these projects are well within the scope of Lawrence Station Area Plan Environmental Impact Report and 2021 Lawrence Station Area Plan Update Subsequent Environmental Impact Report. Therefore, we are recommending... (coughs) um, the Planning Commission to recommend to City Council Alternative 1, 2, and 3. Alternative 1 is to make the determination required by Resolution number 371-81 for Development Agreement. Uh, second alternative is to make the required findings to approve the CEQA determination and approve the STP Investing Tentative Parcel Map. And uh, number three is introduction of an ordinance, approving and adopting a development agreement between the city of Sunnyville and SKS partners. Um, one thing I forgot to add is that we had the updated uh, conditions of approval um, for attachment eight and nine, and those were provided and those had some minor corrections. Um, so this concludes staff's presentation. Thank you for your time. Let me know if you have any questions for us
4: thank you for that very thorough presentation uh uh we have a few commissioner hands up uh first up is commissioner shukla okay first up is commissioner saroni uh
5: thank you chair and uh, thanks for the excellent presentation um so just a few questions uh and a, well a comment I, i'm glad to see the below grade uh parking levels and uh and the unbundled parking, um, I think they they uh, both are are good things for uh, uh, this development. Uh, so I have a question: when when no parking is required, uh, are the EV chargers uh, handled as a percentage of the parking the developer chooses to provide?
15: Yes, that is correct. So although no parking is required, they're still required to meet the ADA parking requirement and EV charging requirements.
5: Um and the um so there it looks like there was some concern about the uh uh traffic congestion from the project, at least by one person. But and I, I have to say I went I went by the site at uh, um, at rush hour to see what kind of congestion there was. And actually, on San Zeno Way, there was no congestion, which surprised me, because I used to work at 1170 Kiefer, and uh, even th- there used to be more congestion, not that much. But uh, just to ask about the, uh, uh, the traffic congestion uh, on... Uh, Somewhere in attachment 13, there's a uh, a statement that the traffic uh, uh, level of service at Kiefer and Lawrence is unacceptable without the grade separation. Says the same thing about Lawrence and Reed. Um, uh, so uh, now I think maybe we moved away from level of service, but still, uh, when are these uh, grade separations planned? Uh, uh, you know, when might we expect to see those uh i did look at the uh 2014 county study on the grade separations and they show uh, one of the final public meeting in 2040 on this i may not make it to that meeting but uh um uh so um and and i was surprised uh i should have known this but the the grade separation is putting lawrence entirely under Kiefer, arquez the train station the uh uh and and reed uh so I, i'm wondering what happens to san way and and uh uh lawrence uh station road uh if that goes in i mean first of all it says you need the grade separation uh or the uh the congestion is unacceptable, so the you know when would we expect that? And then uh, if that does go in, what does it do to access to from Sonora Court? I might guess that it that it kind of looks the same, except that Lawrence is going underneath Kiefer then. But uh, wh- what do we see for that? Or do we just say, well, it's unacceptable, but. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so the uh, the Lawrence grade separation project is still a ways out. What we've heard is a, anywhere from like seven to ten years, because uh, the county has approved the concept, but the the engineering details are still under review, and then it'll take a while to construct it. is It's going to be a pretty massive project. Uh, from my understanding, that is at Lawrence Station Road. And San Zeno way will remain because that's really the only access that these Sonora core properties have, as well as some, uh, I mean, like by, by Costco and, uh, on the other side of Lawrence expressway. And then there'll be separated, uh, pedestrian and bicycle, uh, ways that will be separated from vehicle traffic. Um, but that's, that's really the extent of, um, kind of the, the high level details of that project
5: so we we do these traffic studies but uh um is there uh you know is is it possible to fail the traffic study or or are we just do it to find out and i mean is there is there any outcome where you might say well that's unacceptable or or we can't build this because of the uh, resulting congestion i mean is
3: Well, I mean, there is no uh, VMT impacts, and that's the the CEQA impact that might prevent uh, a project from moving forward, uh, or at least maybe requiring an elevated level of environmental review. But those factors alone are not not really a means to uh, require denial of a project. It just means that there's mitigation involved, and um, I believe that there was some involved with this project, but it's not a basis for denial.
5: So on the the west end of Sonora court uh I was able to find my way to uh Kiefer, but uh, there's a lot of speed bumps there and actually I was not sure if I was on private property or not getting to Kiefer. uh is it I mean is it would it be your understanding that that there will be on the west end of Sonora court there will be a way to get to Kiefer that is open to people on on that uh
3: Uh, Yes, not vehicular. I mean, it it is a private driveway, but there is um, um, a private uh, shared use path, bike and ped, that has public access on it right now. And that goes through um, the end of the cul-de-sac, and it goes through intuitive surgical property, and then up to uh, Kiefer Road. Hmm. So that's the main ped and bike access. And, you know, there's private vehicle access, but it's not. Uh, public
5: okay well that's interesting uh is there a concern about uh emergency vehicles there's only one way in and out
3: yeah i mean it would be for emergency vehicle access and then access for employees of of the site but um not not for the general public
5: um so you know again there's a traffic analysis on this look at this project and come up with a you know, conclusion. And then a couple of weeks ago, we approved the Prometheus project, and uh, uh, you know, and analyzed that. And there's the uh, Mid projects at uh, on Sonora Court. Um, but uh, you know, if we look at each of these one at a time and assess the impact, then we're not really getting a a good picture. Is there some place where all that comes together, where all those projects come together, or is the last one? To build, <laughs> to build something confronted with a situation where, you know, it's unworkable or something.
3: Yeah. Well, it is part of the traffic study because it does take into effect the, the background conditions. So the, the projects that are in the, the pipeline, so to speak, that have been approved or in the planning process and, and you know, it takes into account the, the cumulative effects of, of all those projects together. Oh, so that would have taken into account the Prometheus project and the Mid-Pen projects? Right, all the ones that we're aware of that are okay. in the process. Okay, okay good to know. Um, um,
5: and uh, can you explain a little more the uh, extending the... Uh, you know, the uh, time to do the the permit or the entire entitlement expiration going from two to five years. Can you explain that a little more?
14: I do apologize. George was doing a great job of answering questions, so I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was listening in stereo. Could you? <laughs>
5: Uh, just <laughs> no, I was asking about extending the uh the two year entitlement expiration to five years and the uh extending the uh what is it time to exercise the permit to uh, ten years just asking well, there is the why. the
14: development agreement does. Um, allow up to the 10 years so your is the question why is it 10 and as opposed to the right yeah so that is part of a negotiated development agreement um, and that's a benefit to the developer so that if the economy were such that it didn't make sense to get started sooner they wouldn't lose that entitlement it's quite common in the development agreements to extend the life of the of the permits Anywhere from six to 20 years depends on how complex the um, the development is.
5: Okay. Thank you. That's all I have now.
4: Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Davis.
12: Uh, thank you for the presentation. It was very good, uh, very thorough. I really appreciate it. Uh, Commissioner Cerrone asked my first question about the why extra time for the permits. And so I just have one more question. I noticed we got a letter uh, from 1175 Sonora. I I just wanted to confirm that um, it looks like they are part of the noticing area. um, And so they would have been communicated with as part of this process. I just wanted to confirm that.
15: Yes, that's correct. And when they sent the email, we also told them about the upcoming planning commission and city council hearing.
12: Uh, thank you. That's all the questions I had. Thank, thank you. you.
4: Thank you. And I just had a couple questions relating to the development agreement. Uh, first of all, uh, the point of sale thing. Uh, how standard is this slash? Are we? Do we have any risk from the state taking a look at various point of sale agreements and and being grumpy about them? I'm saying this specifically in light of of recent news articles regarding the city of Cupertino's agreement with Apple and uh, having a very massive ax being taken to their budget because of yeah, that, this, that agreement being re This is
14: quite different um, in that um, this is specifically enabled by straight, state um, rules and, and legislation. Um, so I, I don't think that would be the issue um, with the state. Um, only projects over um, a certain size, so larger projects would only be the ones eligible. Smaller projects wouldn't be.
4: Okay i i trust I trust staff to have their ducks in a row on this. I just, when you read articles about neighboring cities having to make significant budget cuts, one gets nervous. Yeah, the, um,
14: the difference is they gave it back. We're not giving it back to anyone. so so an agency of the state is still receiving that retail sales tax
4: okay Th- that that's very clear thank you uh and my other just clarifying question clarify this is a clarifying question there i think i know the answer but uh uh there was a mention in the impact fees about uh that this would that it would that would ugh, that it would be assessed uh, the lesser of the current or new park dedication in fees. i Assume this is a reference to the park dedication revisions in the draft housing element?
14: Um yes, that's correct. Um w- we are working on um a new structure for the fees and um looking at ways to respond to the state uh, comments.
4: Okay, thank you. Uh that's all I had. I don't see any other commissioner hands at this time, so I will go ahead and open the public hearing. Um uh, members of the public wishing to address to address the planning committee, uh, this in the right order, I'll go ahead and open the public hearing. Uh, we have one applicant, uh, 10 minutes is provided at the beginning of the public hearing to address the planning commission. Uh, we will then take any questions that the commissioners have for you, and then we'll then go to members of the public. And then you'll have five minutes after we hear from members of the public at the end of the public hearing for any conclusion. Concluding remarks. Is there an applicant presentation? And,
14: and Chair Pine, let me just um, clarify that we did um, indicate because these are two applications that we put under one report that the applicant would have fifteen minutes at the beginning, rather than doing two separate ten-minute presentations. Uh, so I okay, do apologize, so... we didn't get that information to you.
4: Okay, so uh, fifth. So should does any t- should we be adding any time at the end? Uh...
14: And then five minutes at the end.
4: Okay, so 15 at the beginning and then just five at the end. Yeah, okay. Instead of 10. Okay, the applicant is provided with 15 minutes at the beginning of the public hearing. Uh, please proceed.
16: Is this is this on? Yep. Great. Um, good evening, Chair Pine, Planning Commission, and city staff. And thank you so much, Asta, for that great presentation. That was very, very detailed. Uh, my name is Alexandra Lee. I am from SKS Partners, the project applicant. I'm honored and very excited to be here tonight to present the project to you, present our vision. Um, I just want to start by expressing my gratitude actually for this project. What you're going to see here is two years of working with city staff and you know, planning department, public works, solid waste, traffic, building safety, fire. Uh, and a number of others. So we really appreciate all of staff's time, feedback and suggestions, um, as well as the planning commission's feedback uh, for the study session last February. So thanks everybody so much for that. Um, I do have a couple of project highlights I'm gonna go over. I'm I'm gonna hand it over to Adam with WRNS to present the, the rest of it. So next please. So this is a new transit oriented development. It's a mixed use project directly next to the Caltrain, the Lawrence Caltrain station. Uh, The program consists of 280 housing units, 46 of which are dedicated uh, below market rate units. It also includes 220,000 square feet of office space and flexible floor plans that will accommodate both small and middle uh, mid sized local companies. As part of the project, we're proposing a publicly accessible path connecting Snoracourt directly to the Caltrain station. And as part of that connection, a station serving micro retail space. Next, please. We feel that this project really aligns with the city of Sunnyvale's vision and goals for this area. Um, mostly, you know, it aligns with the Lawrence Station area specific plan. And the LSAP's vision is to have an urban hub, a job center, and neighborhood for urban living. And we really think that our project delivers on this vision uh, by proposing a dynamic mix of use and density right near the station. It also um, protects all the mature redwood trees that line Sonora Court, which we understand is a really important part of preserving the character of the street. And it proposes to reduce parking uh, by employing shared and unbundled parking strategies. And this is all to say that we're trying to encourage transit usage, biking, and pedestrian um, as alternative modes of transportation in the area. Also, we think that the project aligns with Sunnyvale's Climate Action Playbook. And we also think that this project will help the city meet its RENA housing goals. Lastly, we're honored to have a couple of letters of endorsement, um, a couple of which are from Livable Sunnyvale, as well as Caltrain. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Adam Woltag from WRNS Architects, and he's going to go through the project details.
17: Thank you. Can everybody hear me? Great. So we can go ahead and advance the slides here. Um, Next slide, please. So, first of all, I thought we'd take this time tonight maybe to talk a little bit about the story behind the design of, of the project. Asta, your presentation was so thorough in the mechanics of it. I, I don't want to go over that again, but I think a team felt this would be something that would be beneficial to the commission. So, looking at the vicinity plan, uh, our sites sit central to the area plan um, and also adjacent to the Lawrence Station. Next slide. And taking a moment to remind ourselves of the key goals of the LSAP, um, which are really about promoting public transit, increasing land use diversity and density near the station, and also promoting developments that that enhance neighborhood character, sustainability, and connectivity. And Sonora Court uh, is very unique and plays a huge role in that, um, not only because of its location next to the Lawrence Station, but also because it's a part of the future plan loop road. It's about really stitching a lot of these neighborhoods within the plan together. Next slide. And we know already, and uh, you folks know better than anybody, uh, this is a neighborhood that's in, in great transition and it's getting, you know, more diverse in terms of land use and it's getting more density, which is fantastic uh, to be a part of. Next slide. But really, as architects uh, and developers, you know, the, the the thing that takes your breath away about the site is, you know, the experience of moving along Sonora Court and those, those trees, the redwoods and the cedars that really set the character and the tone for this place the way those trees you know frame the sky as you move along it but also frame each one of the properties as you approach them and that's something the team took very carefully in, in the design of each of these sites next slide and we'll we'll cover some of the project overview here next slide um so both sites programmatically are very similar um they they all incorporate residential office and below grade parking next slide and really what's exciting about each of this, uh, about this is that is the complementary peak use program. Because we have residential mixed with commercial, these are these are sites that won't go dark. They'll be active 24 seven. And that's what's really gonna be unique about these two properties along along Sonora Court. Next slide. And also of course, this idea of connecting the entire air plan together with this future plan loop road that you see in yellow that rolls in front of the 1170 property. And as we talked about in support of that um, the 1170 site incorporates a muse that runs north south connecting Sonor Court to the Lawrence Caltrain station. Next slide. And the plan on the right shows um, that pathway along the eastern side of, of the building, and really is anchored by a retail space that we think would be absolutely a spectacular place to kind of wait for your train. Uh, if you're leaving the site, it's also a place that greets people coming to this area as they walk by. Um, and we see this as a really vital vi- a vital asset, not just to the residents and to the tenants here, but to the whole neighborhood uh, along Sonor Court. And that muse is part of an overall transit oriented design strategy that's about increasing the density. Uh, both both housing uh, as well as office near the site, reducing reliance on, on automobiles, so reducing the amount of parking, and we, we just covered that. And also offering more opportunities for multimodal transit, so encouraging bike access with class one and two um, bike parking. And that is all part of a larger sustainability plan. Um, all the points located on the left hand of the slide are, are a lot of our touch points. And again, as as we heard earlier, this is all in line with the city's climate action playbook. Next slide. So touching on some of the design features for uh, for each of the buildings here. Next slide. Um, from the very beginning of the project, our client SKS was adamant that our design team produced an architecture that was rooted in place, this place, and that it really take advantage and try to connect tenants and residents to the things that make this part of the city really special. And those two things, for obvious reasons, are are the train tracks, Caltrain to the south, and then those beautiful cedar and redwood trees to the north. And that affected the graining of, of the architecture, primarily the, the residential bars that you see that are running north-south and cross, cross the property that open up usable open space for residents, but also bring a lot of, uh, a lot of the residents closer to the experience of those, of those trees. Next slide. Which informed our landscape design for those trees, which is really focused primarily on preserving and increasing the health of those trees, so they'll be around for a very long time. And our design approach for this is really to create a raised planter, some dry stack uh, rocks uh, around the curb side of these planters, and that does a number of things. One, it gets rid of the heavy duty, you know, uh, heavy duty water intensive lawn that is currently along Sonor Court but it also starts to capture a lot of the stormwater and preserve it and focus it on those roots, which you think will improve the health of of all the trees along the Sonora Court edge of the property. Next slide. But on the inboard side, on the sidewalk side that faces our building, that raised planter then starts to allow for usable outdoor spaces, seating areas, and encourage tenants and residents and and folks in the neighborhood to actually be able to experience those trees to sit outside underneath them. Uh, we're very, very excited about those spaces. And, and these hardscape spaces are actually being used over some of the existing spaces. So we're not taking away any any of the green space. We're actually reusing what is there currently now. Next slide. And then, of course, the other elevation that's very, very important is what faces Caltrain. And the landscape idea here is really to look at a, a taller columnar uh, tree, a ginkgo, that we think will be beautiful facing the train tracks. It's something to be very dynamic. We all know what ginkgos do uh, every season and so we think it's going to provide a wonderful dynamic um, kind of face to the train tracks and those will be set into a ground plane that's moving away from more of a suburban office park material palette to something that's a little bit more urban with textured concrete and and unit pavers and raised planters to kind of again kind of reinforce the transition from more suburban to more urban design. And then now moving over to the architecture. Um, let's start at 1154. Maybe go back just one, if you don't mind. I know, Asta, you touched on this already, but I think really this starts to, to, to highlight our overall architectural concept about a very strong base to both buildings. Um, then a very nicely defined middle with a lot of vertical graining to the facade, windows and recess balconies, and then a very clearly defined top. Uh, we call it attic story that is set back from the facade and capped with a very strong Eve line, but what's really kind of wonderful is is the tower element. We're very excited about. It. This is the only part of the whole project where that brick base rolls all the way up to the to the top of the building, and kind of creates what we're we're really excited about as a landmark along Sonora Court. And this is a view basically from where that future Loop Road will meet Sonora Court. We're very excited about this and kind of greeting folks as they're moving um, north to south along that Loop Road. Next slide. And then a view uh, from the west again. um, Asa touched on this beautifully just looking at the vertical graining trying to break up which is really our longest facade in the project into more distinct pieces to break up that elevation. Next slide. And then again a kind of key element regarding the entrances to the building. Um, again, the developer really wanted to have a mixed experience here where you have commercial and you have resident entrances coming together to create a very active and vibrant experience along that street. Those are organized again along one of the full building breaks that crosses north to south. And we, we're really liking the way that it's starting to gather up those entrances into something very clear and, and identifiable along the street level. Next slide. And this is a view from the city's um, LSAP. Uh, vision, which shows very active Sonora court with multimodal transportation, um, lots of outdoor spaces along the sidewalk, um, a vibrant architecture. And this is something that was inspiring to us as we as we looked at how our building meets. Next slide, please. uh, The ground plane um, with lots of transparency, double height lobby space uh, and lots of areas for kind of easy bike drop off and places again to be outside under the trees And that architecture does roll around 360 degrees. Uh, We think probably more people will see this elevation of the building than the Sonora court side uh, because of the trees that will be blocking most of it. Next slide. But the view from the train is very important. And this is where the planning of the building came into play where most of the public spaces for the residences are placed on that south, uh, south edge, recreational spaces, amenity spaces overlooking the train tracks to the south. Next slide. And the material palette uh, is really based on program. So the lower base floors are are, are very warm materials. You're looking at brick and metal, um, and those are capped by a much more neutral palette of of, of siding uh, and composite wood paneling for the residential piece at the top. Moving along to um, 1170, uh, again, very similar kind of architectural and urban design approach again with a wonderful kind of um, break in the massing at the upper levels that spills down and starts to gather the entrances that lead into the building. And then of course, on the left-hand side of that image at grade, you see the entry to the muse that runs all the way to the Caltrain station. And then a view from the West, again, looking at the vertical graining of the the architectural envelope, the stacking of the balconies to again, help break down any of that horizontal scale. Uh, And again, focusing those balconies and the experiences right toward those trees. And then again, a lot of work on the entry here to kind of gather up both of them under one clearly identifiable architectural element that clearly kind of notes where the front door to both the residences and the commercial spaces are. And then a detailed view of the north and east facades. There's a lot of attention uh, paid to how we try to increase the depth of these using balconies, using materials that are rich in shade and shadow. And you can see that along the north side on the slide to the left. And then again, on the on the east facade on the slide to the right. And then turning our attention to the south uh, facade of 1170, uh, important to note to really see how that retail space engages the Caltrain station. Uh, that pathway really aligns right with the kind of waiting area. So there's a wonderful kind of axial moment there that carries you from Sonor Court to the train station. And then the overall facade read of, of the two bookends of the of the residential areas with a very lacy multi-layered open walkway that connects those bookends together. Um, the, that allows residents to walk along that open area, shielded by um, some decorative screens uh, that brings them that, that allows them to look over at the at the train station, but also allows them to connect to some of the amenity spaces access from from that side of the site. Next slide. And then a detail of that kind of lacy elevation. We're very, very excited about how the shadow play will be here facing south with the decorative metal screens and then a bright green stucco wall, back wall, where again, is hoping to kind of, again, make that connection to the trees along Sonora Court. And the material palette is a little bit of the inverse from 1154. Here we have a more neutral base, again, using, using brick and metal and a much warmer upper level uh, around uh, the residential units. And next slide. Um, and here they are in context uh, with one another. And thank you for your time. And we look forward to your questions and comments.
4: Thank you. Uh, and well, don't don't step away to don't step away yet. You have questions. Uh, first up is Commissioner Howe.
10: Thank you. Thank you for your presentations. (laughs) I thought it was very nice, and I'm very supportive of the project because it's exactly what the city of Sunnyvale had planned for a long time in zoning that and dealing with it. A very specific question, and I didn't read all of the development agreement, but the pedestrian um, walkway from Sonora to Caltrain and the Exception of the ten year plus possibly two year addition, what is the future of that walkway from the view of the applicant?
16: Yes. Um, so specifically, uh, what's your question with in regards to the
10: there's a pathway and yeah. what's going to happen to it in the future over this time period of roughly up to twelve years. Okay. That's a little more direct. Yeah, yeah. So
16: the the 10-year uh time period is how long we are able to have the entitlements so that public access pathway does not exist yet. And so when we build the project that's when we'll put it into the project and then
10: so the answer is when you build the project that will be there but not beforehand. Correct. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Uh, next up is Commissioner Sroni. Uh,
5: thank you, Chair. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a beautiful design, uh, both both buildings, and I'm uh, almost which it was more visible, but the people on the train will see it. So that's, that's good. Uh, and I was really glad to see your full-throated uh, support for the, uh, uh, as Alexander said, the uh, micro retail there. Uh, and I was actually going to ask if there is a way we can uh, uh, ensure that it uh, continues to exist because we are seeing a lot of retail disappear and it's kind of isolated there. It seems like it would be a, uh, a trivial sort of expenditure or whatever, say give a discount to the uh, people who work there getting coffee. I mean, it wouldn't take much or lower the rent, lower the rent to, to keep that alive. So i I hope there's a way to uh ensure that that doesn't disappear like uh so many other retail locations uh disappear um I noticed in the applicant letter there's a statement that office component the office component yields greater returns than the residential component. I'm just curious would you still say that today with work from home and uh some of the other changes in the economy?
16: Sure. Thanks for your questions. Um, For the retail space, you know, we definitely want to work with the tenant, whoever that is, to make sure that that space is vibrant and open and serving the community. Um, I think the reason it's micro is because we also had those concerns. You know, it's 380 square feet, I believe. So we think that that's small enough to, to support a small coffee shop cafe you know grab and go type of place um, but that's really the reason why we made it micro to see how it does there but yes we will work with the tenants to make sure that it's successful um your question about the office is a very good one but you know we we really believe in the economy of Sunnyvale we think that it's a great location for a lot of different companies and we're just confident that it'll we'll be able to get those tenants and and fill the spaces
5: is there a At 1170, is there a a cafeteria in there for employees?
16: We don't know that yet. It kind of depends what the tenants are going to build out in the buildings.
5: Okay. All right.
4: Uh, Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Next up is Commissioner Davis.
12: Uh, Thank you for the presentation and I echo everybody. I really like the design. Um, uh, Really nice job on the renders as uh, a couple of the couple of the renders, the housing seems to float kind of out of the air. Uh, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, But getting to the the questions. um, So just doing some math, you could have with the density bonuses for affordable housing and so on, you could have gotten to 120 dwelling units per acre and you're going, I think it was 92 and 94, some, somewhere around there. Um, I'm just curious why you didn't max out on the housing.
16: Yeah, that that's a great question. So the housing density is a combination of the LSAP incentive points as well as state density bonus. So we're maxing out the state density bonus as much as we can, 50%. The LSAP incentives were not able to do all of them that are okay. as part of the lsap um and so we are doing um i, I believe also explained underground parking mm-hmm. street furniture bike repair station so we're doing the ones that we can okay. um, to get the density there and then maxing out the the density state density bonus program
12: okay thank you um see going down my list so I, I found it really interesting that you're doing office condos, right? So the commercial tenants will buy their property, um, but it's all rental housing. Um, I'm just kind of curious how that how that works um, on maintaining a building w- with mixed ownership styles like that.
16: Really great management plans for tenants. Um, yeah, and those condos in the map it's it's to allow. Um, us to be able to do that with the building. So okay. we do that through the map. Um and it allows us flexibility to break it up if it works out down the line. Um so okay.
12: um on on the office space I'm personally very confident that it will be successful. We've got two large uh, anchor headquarters in the area between intuitive and uh applied materials. Um they're both businesses that um have suppliers who'll want to be nearby them. So I think that fits very well Um, kind of close question on both of the lobbies on the entrances. It looks like there's going to be really great light there, Um, but I couldn't tell what kind of roof is there. Is it, is it all glass? Is it, what are you looking at from the side?
18: Hi. um, The intent there is that the roof of those spaces is actually part of the roof of the courtyard's
12: okay Um, so they are um more or less green roofs and occupied roofs there oh excellent excellent um one comment about ginkgo trees um for those of us who have really bad hay fever and sensitive noses there's a couple of months out of the year where they're just absolute terrors um they are beautiful agreed uh but uh, that's that's what you get right they smell really horrible um and that's about it, about
4: it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next up is Commissioner Shukla.
9: Thank you, Chair. It was a great presentation. Very great, well-thought-out plan um, and rich materials. I have a question about them uh, for a uh, 1154 uh, site. Uh, there are trees. I think there are trees at the backside, ginkgo trees. So is there a restricted... Um, I see it in the plan. It says restricted um, takeout, uh, like plantings, so it cannot go over the other side. Is that the reason? What's that about?
17: So the um, I'm going to try to channel our landscape architect. He's here to answer more detailed questions, but I think that what, what we've gone over uh, with him is that these, these are not your run-of-the-mill ginkgo trees, that they're actually a special um, species and they're they're kind of they're kind of intent to grow very vertical and not really spread out and from what i understand to your point they don't actually shed as much as the more traditional ginkgo tree on that so they're really designed to provide a vertical screening to the to the train side of of that
9: site i mean it's great so but the roots so you are stopping the roots to go to the other side of it because it says in the plan it says um um what does it say uh, it's like a plant restricted. Um, it's like oval shaped. So I'm just curious that because you don't want the roots to go further out towards the uh, property line. And maybe it's like uh, meaning like managing the growth of the tree. Is that what it is for? I would assume the way you explain probably.
4: I, yes. I I'd advise that. Uh, your Mr. Strang, your landscape architect, yes. has his hand up
16: it. if you want to meet to recognize from GLS can him. Can take this one, thank you. Please. Yeah.
19: Hi. Good evening. Yeah, Gary Strang here from GLS. Yeah. The the ginkgo trees are um, there. There's a fairly narrow planter on the south side of the building near the tracks. It varies from about four feet wide to about ten or twelve feet wide, and you know we want the trees to use that entire area for their root growth. Um, the roots won't go under the roadway or past the curb uh, because of the typically because of the compaction and the engineering that it takes to build those roads, and so it's really kind of like a long linear planter box. And um, as um, as was mentioned earlier, you know the ginkgo trees, uh, it's a special selected or genetically engineered variety called Princeton Sentry, which is much more vertical. And slower growing than the typical ginkgo. So we know that it will, um, you know, sustain itself in that in that small area for a very, very long time. And they're very easy to control because they grow slowly. And um, to the earlier comment about the smell, um, there's, you know, there's um, ginkgo tree fruit can be very, very smelly. There are female trees and male trees, and the female trees produce the fruit. Um, I have never seen fruit produced in the Western United States. If you're talking about ginkgo trees in Asia or ginkgo trees on the East Coast, um, yes, you will sometimes find the female trees, but they're just not available in the trade and haven't been for a number of decades. So I don't know, I could be missing something about the hay fever part or the pollen, but in terms of the smell, that's my understanding. I hope that answered your question.
9: Yes, thank you. I really, I mean, that's a great uh, information about ginkgo trees. We need to like keep it in our our booklet about along with other trees. Uh, but I do have a question about the design that that the whole series of the, uh, it says spe- species unspecified. But you haven't carried it to the open space. You have counted in the same lot uh, where there are sitting area, and I know it's east. So, I mean, but the sun will come, but I was just wondering that why you haven't created more open green space, which you have counted in that uh, lot, and it's more like urban open space, but it's because we are taking so many trees out. So that place could be used to plant more there.
18: I think part of that might have to do with the way that the the way that we can calculate the open space and landscape areas. There are specific requirements as part of the planning code and the zoning code. I, I believe is that. Yeah, I
9: think it is. It is in that. It is counted as open space, but you have not planted any green things there. It's more about the pavers and sitting area. Right. So I was just like, it's open space, but uh, it's uh, good to provide some green in the corner of that property. And I was just wondering, is that a design decision that you haven't provided there or uh, just like just provided the benches or something?
18: Yeah, I I think the design intent, and Gary can weigh in if he has additional comments, but I think the design intent would be to, that we want to provide seating, ample seating opportunities and some open space that people can gather in along the uh, sidewalk there. So... And 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 congregate or underneath the trees.
9: Oh, okay, because I I think it would be great. To, I know that the sun it will be great. You have the building. I mean, there is some greenery, but there is no tree there. So that's why um, uh, it would be great to continue the same one tree in the corner. But that's like I. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's what. It's uh, if it's a design. Uh, if it's uh, like not enough seating then probably i can understand but if you can squeeze one tree there that would be great anyway that's like my
16: are you you referring to the southeast corner of 1154 yes okay i believe that's for stormwater treatment okay. i think it's and gary can can add some comments here i believe that captures a lot of stormwater and then there's a bit that kind of floats above it that we're using as seating area but i think the space underneath is planted and attention. contain water okay so i don't know if that'll support trees or not but i I can understand
9: i think i agree because it's a bioretention area probably so yeah thank you okay
4: uh thank you uh next up is commissioner howard
11: thank you very much uh I'm just gonna diverge just a little bit. I love the project. I think the buildings are beautiful, particularly the one, the the smaller one, and it's like floating above the. It's like, wow. Um. So, thank you for working on this project. Good luck if it, doesn't mean, gets passed. I don't know, uh, and getting it built and finance and all that stuff. Uh, I just wanted to comment as a train lover. Uh, being able to just sit and watch the trains go by is like just can be a very chill experience for some people. The little micro retail on the bottom, if you've got a cafe, and especially maybe you've got to wait for a train, sit down, have a coffee, maybe wait for another train if they improve the service frequency. But um, I don't know if the zoning code would allow this, but something like a cafeteria or a lounge or a restaurant on one of the second or third floors where you can kind of sit back and relax and just kind of out out there, you see the train coming, train's coming and going, that would be a really cool thing. Um, just an idea maybe that for a, a future retail tenant uh, or I don't know if retail is allowed up there, but a tenant who might want to have that, that's an amenity that some people would enjoy that's really special that's available to the site. So um, thank you for bringing high quality work to the city of Sunnyvale. That's a, that's my comment.
4: Thank you. Uh, next up is Vice Chair Glasis. Thank you, Chair.
0: Um, several things. First, I just wanted to commend you on achieving multiple feats. First, you've proven that that something can look techy and cool, and yet also look very organic to the area that it's that it's like sprouted from. It, it fits in really well. Um, Sunnyvale is a city that that really cherishes trees, and by by respecting trees and by building it within that space, it's it, there's a lot of things that are conflicting that that come nicely to to a conclusion there. So I think that you've 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 really. Proved a point, and then also I think this really benefits the city of sunnyville for another reason. In that, that is obviously a stop in people going through. It, it allows us to showcase the city, and it allows people on the train to look over and see something that like really reflects well for the city, and, and hopefully makes people want to live and visit the city of Sunnyvale. So I think that again, looking having something that that looks modern, that still fits in the area quite well. It doesn't stand out. Um, it really takes advantage of retail space, of commercial space, of drawing in workers, not just having people live and work, but allowing, you know, taking full advantage of the of the Lawrence station. And so I, I just for the record, I think this is a phenomenal plan and I'm really excited to see it come to fruition. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Uh, I have no other commissioner questions at this time. The chair will save his remarks on the project for the motion. Uh, with that, I will, uh, I will Go to members of the public, uh, members of the public wishing to address the planning commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer. Use the raise hand feature now or dial star nine on telephone to indicate that you wish to speak. Uh, I will call upon members of the public participating in person first, and then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute when it is their turn to address the planning commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak and the time will be displayed on the screen. I have no in-person speakers, uh, so we'll go to remote speakers, uh, Uh, Recording Officer Joy, if any remote participants wishing to speak on this item.
1: Yes, Chair, we have two hands raised. I'll go ahead and allow Gail Rubino the floor to speak first.
20: Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, great. Thank you very much, um, uh, Commissioners. And uh, thank you very much um, for this wonderful presentation tonight. Um, I'm representing livable Sunnyvale tonight. And I just want you to know that we did have a meeting Back in April, uh, April 19th, and the members present voted to support this re- this wonderful, wonderful development with 280 units um, and 46 or 16% with affordable units. It's got wonderful open space. It's got that little bit of retail, which I think might, it, it's going to be difficult, I think, to do, but I think they can do it to get, because people will stop for coffee when they're getting the train. And I hope it'll be a, 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 an area where people can gather. It adds much ne- much needed um, housing to Sunnyvale. The great, the second great thing about it is it's multi use with the commercial, and the third is that it's transit oriented. Um, there's one thing we all noted, and that is that much of the development in this area is lacking retail, which means that the people, if you know, when they live there, when they come home, they may have to go somewhere else to go have something to eat, and I'm not going to blame anybody for that in hindsight. But it's, um, it's going to be a difficult area because people are going to have to go somewhere else to eat. There's some stuff uh, near, nearby on Lawrence. But I think in hindsight, that was an error for the city and all of us on not recognizing how important retail is. But again, thank you so much. Um, I wish you guys well in developing this space. And with the added properties, uh, the Prometheus and across the street, um, that little corner that's on the uh, Costco site and with the rest on Sonora Court, the affordable housing. This is gonna be an incredibly vibrant community at at some point in the future. Thank you again and uh, good evening.
1: Thank you, next we'll hear from Stephen Meyer.
18: Hello, good evening. Uh, This is a wonderful project. It's uh, amazing in its location and its access to the tracks. I have only one nitpick item and that is, there is surface parking that is uncovered. Any parking in the city of Sunnyvale should be covered by solar panels. We have a sustainability targets and uncovered parking is just not efficient and increases the heat island effect. So for any projects, including this wonderful project, uh, wish you would consider covering more parking. Thank you. I yield the rest of my time.
1: We have no other hands raised at this time, Chair.
4: Thank you. Uh, And so we will go back to the applicant and you have uh, five minutes at the end of the public hearing to to make any concluding remarks, respond to any comments that were raised. The floor is yours.
16: Uh, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening to our presentation tonight and for all of your feedback and comments. Um, we really, really appreciate it. I did just want to address um, the public speaker. I believe his name was Stephen Miller. Just to clarify, Stephen Meyer. Stephen Meyer. Excuse me. Uh, just to clarify that all the parking is underground on this project, so we don't have any surface level parking whatsoever. Um, So I just wanted to make that clarification. I also wanted to say that um, SKS Partners has worked with union contractors for 30 years. We have not selected a GC yet, but, um, you know, we're definitely open to it. And we just wanted to acknowledge the union rep that was here earlier. Um, And that's all I have. Thank you all so very much.
4: Thank you. Uh, with that, I will close the public hearing, and I will now ask for discussion or motion from my colleagues. Uh, Commissioner Davis. Uh, I'm ready to make a motion. You have commissioners recognized for that purpose.
12: Okay, so I motion that we follow the staff recommendation, that one, we... Make the determination required by resolution number 371-81 for developer agreement, which is attachment to the to the report, which has been corrected. Make the required findings to approve the CEQA determination as sequent, as pursuant to CEQA guidelines sections 15162 and 15168c2 and 4, and approve the special development permit based on findings in attachments 6 and 7 to the report, and recommended conditions of approval and attachments eight and nine to the report. And number three, the introduction of an ordinance approving and adopting a development agreement between the city of Sunnyvale and SKS partners, uh, which is attachment three to the report, which was also corrected.
4: Uh, did the commissioner also wish to uh, include the recommendation for the findings for the vesting tent of parcel map as well? Yes. Thank you. Uh, vice chair second the motion thank you commissioner davis to your motion
12: yeah this is a fantastic development um really fits sunnyvale Uh, i think it fulfills the it's in complete compliance with the goals of the lawrence station area plan Uh, it's just what we're looking for um i really salute the Upgrade in architecture that we're seeing coming in, um, as opposed to maybe 10 years ago or so. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just can't think of anything bad to say about it. So let's do it.
4: Thank you. Vice Chair Glacius, your second. Yeah, I have no additional comments. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Howe. Yeah. To the maker of the motion,
10: um, the city staff did some verbal uh, corrections to the um, um, report earlier does your motion include those corrections yes it does thank you
4: thank you uh commissioner stroney
5: yeah i'll be supporting the motion i think this uh the uh these two buildings uh they check all the boxes by transit it's housing it's uh office uh beautiful design environmentally uh uh, uh you know, meets environmental goals, uh, uses union labor. There's nothing, as uh, Commissioner Davis said, there's nothing not to like here. So it's, uh, I'll certainly be supporting the motion.
4: Thank you. Commissioner Shukla.
9: Yes, I'll be supporting the motion. And um, um, it's a very high quality project. Uh, I just wish that um, it gets built faster. Because when we need when we need housing, we need all these things now. And when you're talking about 10 years, it's like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed when I hear the agreements and I hope it gets done faster. And retail space, I I do believe that um, uh, that uh, it has, I mean I, I know that there is uh, there is people are always questioning that retail doesn't sustain, but I think if it's done correctly, and uh, bravely it will it can bring in other developments too so i hope um, i want uh, uh, our our developers and architects and all to hurry up and make it happen but i i'll support the motion thanks
4: thank you and i'll be and i'll be enthusiastically supporting this motion uh i remember a couple years ago when we approved the lawrence station area plan modifications this project is exactly the kind of thing we were thinking of when we approved when we approved those modifications. Uh, there's a number of things I could say about this, a lot of which has already been said, but but I'm going to belabor some of the points anyway. Uh, but uh, we but we but one thing but one thing that's really important is just that pedestrian access path. We've we just keeping that pedestrian connectivity going, making more of it. Uh, we. The design, the design we have here, it's it's well lighted at night, so people aren't are going to feel safe there. Uh, we're going to be directing people right past a retail location, and I get and we've discussed the viability, but, but I've definitely been at Caltrain stations and been particularly when there's particularly when it's the weekend and you're dealing with the hour headways on the weekend. And that's hopefully, hopefully Caltrain will be improving that when electrification comes in, but just been there and being like, it would be nice if I could just get a snack while I'm waiting. And I think, and I think that's a great, that this is a great location for just having a coffee shop or just a bagel shop, just somewhere to, Get a bite to eat while you're waiting for a Caltrain. I think, I just think that oh. this entire concept is great. Uh, I'm glad to see that we've added visual interest from the Cal from the Caltrain side. That's something I've been nudging developers for. Whenever we get a project around here, it looks great from the Caltrain side. It looks great from the other sides too. I'm super. I'm super happy to, to have the. De- Dedication for keeping the redwoods, keeping the cedars, just mate But I'm glad when people are kind of pulling into couch pulling into Sunnyvale on Caltrain, they're going to actually see something that looks good. They're not going to just see the same kind of low density industrial. Just, I mean, there's not like just the kind of thing that's not that exciting to see when you're when you're looking at your Caltrain windows. Uh, also, also we discussed the parking and I got a a couple things on that. Uh, First of all, I always appreciate the below grade parking when we we get it. I get that it's more expensive. I get that it's, we're not going to see that on every project, but it's so great from a land use perspective when we see it kind of below grade, when we see it underground like that, when we don't have large quantities of the, of the project being dedicated to surface parking, That's it's environmentally friendly. We don't have, we don't have the just. We don't have the square feet upon square feet upon square feet of concrete. Like it's, it is something I love to see, and I'm very glad it's featured in this project. And I also, and also, I think this helps prove. I know I'm one of the. I'm no I. I'm one of those rabble rousers that wants to slash all the parking minimums, and I think this project is a great example of how, in a lot of cases. If you if you take away the parking minimums, what you're gonna get is you're not gonna get like some kind of scary boogeyman project that doesn't have parking. You're gonna allow developers to right size the parking for what the project needs and for being and when and for a project like this that's right next to transit, you're going to have you're gonna be able to say, okay, we're gonna have people that drive here, we're gonna have people that live here that wanna drive, because even though we're next to Caltrain, this is still suburbia, you're still can. Okay you're still, you're still honestly going to need a car to get to quite a few places, but you're going, but we're still going to have people coming into the offices and going to the offices via Caltrain. And if we have, well, and if we, and depending on exactly who's living in the residential, you know, they might be able to, as it were, right-size their car ownership model. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a family that might, Normally, uh, thing uh, having two cars, you might be like, "Ah, we can get by with one because we're close to request, close to Caltrain, we're close to a couple bus lines, and and so you you might just be that much more environmentally friendly." Uh, So, and my colleagues have also have gone on about the architecture. The architecture is great; it's a big upgrade from what's there, and it's and I just think this is going to be a great project and. As Commissioner Shukla said, I hope we're not waiting 10 years for it. (laughs) With that, uh, recording officer, could we please have a roll call vote?
1: Commissioner Howard? Yes. Commissioner Shukla? Yes. Commissioner Davis? Yes. Vice Chair Glesias? Yes. Commissioner Howe? Yes. Commissioner Cerrone? Yes. Chair Pine? Yes. The motion passes with seven yeses.
4: Thank you. Uh, Planning officer, what is the fate of the project? (laughs)
5: <laughs> um it'll actually be going to city council on 11 28 which is uh two weeks out yep
4: thank you and be- and best of luck at the city council hearing and uh so okay uh that's our final public hearing item standing item consideration of public potential study issues that's information only uh that brings us to non-agenda items and comments this portion of the agenda is for oral reports and announcements by commissioners and staff to share information uh are there any commissioner comments please use the right hand speaker to indicate that you wish to speak if you have any non-agenda items or comments uh, commissioner davis
12: uh yes when do we get to go to the big room
5: uh what we've heard so far is it looks like it'll be january
4: well hopefully we'll thank you uh uh the chair would note that the uh study the annual study session for chairs and vice chairs uh with city council is tomorrow so i will be there uh yep it will be in the big room i have I will, among other things, be poking counsel about parking access for commission meetings because I <laughs> library parking was pretty full when I got here today, and it was a little annoying. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Planning officer, uh, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Uh, just a couple. Um, as I mentioned, uh, this project will be going to city council on 11 28.
5: And then on December 5th, we have the appeal of the 1150-1170 Kiefer Road. That's the Prometheus project. And uh, the rest of these other items are pretty much ongoing. So I think we're good.
4: Thank you. Uh, Okay. I Seeing no pans up from anybody, uh, that brings us to adjournment. Uh, This meeting of the Sunnyvale Planning Commission is adjourned at 8.46 p.m. And I want to thank everyone for your participation tonight.